The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, friend. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. Talk about this woman. You are really hired, Mr. Stark. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. That'll wake you up. Indeed. I am your host, uh, Rodicat. You can find me at Rodicat on Twitter. You can also find me at News News Need on Twitter. Also, uh, CB Caps on Instagram. And with me tonight, as always, the man, the mellow, the, the man behind all the sound effects, our man in Brooklyn, one agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! I spared Roddy Cat. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. Um... Yeah, I was gonna wonder. I was like, wait a minute, it didn't, he didn't pop it. I spared him. I spared him. I'm still on the. I'm still on a quest to uh, find the right drop for uh, for Roddy Cat uh, at the beginning of the show. The tribe. Yeah. Right. Ha ha. Um, not with us tonight is one PC underscore Dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, and PopCultureNetwork.com. <laughs> And the Osiris of this ish one Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, uh, TB Cron on Twitter, which is the the, the Combo Chronicles uh, Twitter account, uh, the Click Nation on Twitter, theclicknation.com. That's the K L I Q N A T I O N, and also comic book resources where he's over there writing his face off. Which I realize is kind of a hard thing to do because you use your fingers to write and not your hands. But you know what? You know what I mean. You know what I mean. You yep. can find this here for a podcast on the Coast of the Podcast Network. That's CSPN.us. Do it today. Indeed. And you can also find us on uh, your podcast rules place of choice. That is Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also the uh, Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Juggling, juggling those syllables right there. Um, we are going to start off as we tend to do every week with the books of the week. And we're going to start off with Valkyrie Jane Foster number seven. Or Jane Foster Valkyrie number seven. Exactly. We, <laughs> as we like to say it. Which really sounds better personally, but you know, uh, that's... It's it's weird how they got that, but um, this in a week as we were talking before the show in a week that was somewhat argue is despite there being a number of books uh and we are in an Xless week an X bookless week um kind of light possibly because of that or you know because of um what we know to be uh, a couple of issues that are late which is weird because you know a, there could they could have had some books coming out this week had they not you know uh threw out some extra books o- over the holiday right 
But that's either here or there. We're, we are here now, and we, we may still... I think we still have another week of that. I can't remember if we got... Um, we're forgetting Xbox next week, but Jane Foster number seven is also is uh, is a continual delight around here. This issue marks uh, Al Ewing's last ish, uh, last uh, time on the book or last issue of this book, right. as he his uh, his hands full with um, uh, Immortal Hulk and uh, his upcoming uh, Guardians run. So you know, as we have talked about in the past, there's going to be a new co-writer with. Um, with joining um, Jason Aaron next month, who's, as we have said, quite fitting for this book, especially in name. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And we'll get to that when that book rolls around. Indeed. Uh, but until then, I'd say this was a pretty decent um, wrap-up issue to to the arc and, I guess, um, uh, our Ewing stint to the run. We basically have the, the medical team. I... I tended to call them Avengers. They are not because every other time you have a group of just disparate folk, uh, superheroes, they're either dis- defenders or or um, or uh, Avengers in some kind of way, even though right. they have little association with them. Um, they're basically in this realm and they've, uh, you know, basically fought their way to... They're Marvel's out. medics. That's the, uh, that's the title blurb. That's the blurb that's on the cover. Right. So, you know, whether they're going to actually stick to that or, you know, just going to keep it as like, yeah, this is a, this is not necessarily a team we're going to s- stick with like that. So we're just, <laughs> we're just going to push it along. I would kind of actually like to see this team together. Um, once again, like Kardik aside, you know, who can be, you know, a bit of a problem as he was in this issue. Right, right, right. Um, everybody else seems like, especially, I, you know, I, I've said before, I love Fraser Hutain, so she's, anytime I get to see her in a book is is, is welcome in my book. Um, you know, you got Jane Foster, Dora, Doctor Strange, uh, the affirmation a couple of people, and uh, Mannequin, who's a pretty much a, 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 um, a callback to an earlier time. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and uh, also it, um, is it Claire Temple, Night Nurse? No, it's not Claire. It's not Claire. No, this is Linda Carter. It's Linda Carter. No, it's not Linda Carter. Um, because Linda Carter. Well, actually, it might be. But I'm not sure. I don't know if that's actually true or not. I think it's the other one. Wait a second. Linda Carter was in Hawkeye Free Fall. Right. That's it. So I think this is um Claire Temple. No, it's not. This is not, it's definitely not Claire. It's um. Oh, it's the third one. It's the other one, yeah. Okay. Whose name is is escaping me at the, at the moment? Wait, is the Claire Temple one supposed to resemble Rosario Dawson? Basically. Okay. To which they they haven't used her that much in books. Like they've either used this one or surprisingly enough, Claire. Uh, um, they've used this one more lately than either of the other two. Gotcha. Because uh, because this one has shown up, you know, has shown up in the past as we talked in. Um, I want to say in front of Doctor Strange in the first place. Now that I think about it, but um, but yeah, regardless, Night Nurse, <laughs> right? Um, and they're all in this realm, and basically, Death is sick and possibly dying, and you know, it comes up during the course of uh, their their journey as to why would they need Death? Which I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, wait, did they already kind of like do this? I feel like this could have been something that that would have been handled in the MCU if death had been introduced, along with uh, Thanos properly. 
Well, there's a concept here that, uh, you know, behind the sickness of death, behind right. death sickness, which uh, ties into uh, the greater happenings in the Marvel Universe, which is really interesting. Right. It feels like they basically doing in this book what they kind of did with um, with magic, not necessarily about the cost, but it's like, well, what happens if, you know, with the prospect of magic dying in this case is what happens with the prospect of death dying, you know. Should that happen? But it pretty much got all nice and neatly. I, I kind of wonder if Al Jung had led, read, um, hadn't, uh, isn't, wasn't leaving this book, would they have explored that a little bit more? As opposed Why to that? Well, I don't know, because it feels like, well, they basically went into this like last issue, and now it's pretty much all right, done, or at least for now. Like maybe it, may, it could come up somewhere else, but I doubt it, because basically. They pretty much wrapped up, you know, not without getting to it, like, right the second. They pretty much wrapped up the part. It was like, well, Death's sick, but now she's not sick anymore. There's also a, a, a Death version of the Living Tribunal, you know, that's uh, that we find out that's apparently now alive or, right. or, or so, around. Right, so, so, so just, to, just to break it down very, in, in very broad strokes for uh, the, the listeners and the viewers out there, um, Death is... It's almost like death is having a, a a crisis because of the the uh, of some of the uh, recent, um, you know, so even the, the even so far as what I was going to say is even so far as uh, Marvel history is concerned, right? Some of the recent um, uh, developments in the Marvel universe that seem to um, that seem to uh, break the rules around dying and people uh, and characters coming back. And so, there was no mention, by the way, of the X X verse. Yes, they are. They did. I don't remember that. There's two. There's two things that they mention: a green door. Yes, but that's the whole and pods. Okay, yeah, they, they did mention pods. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, they did mention that. Okay. Right, they do. That's why. That's why I specifically, you know, like when I was getting into the 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 recap, you know, like the 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 broad stroke recap of the book. That's really what is causing the um, uh, death to be in crisis, and essentially this crisis being whether or not death is uh, legitimate anymore in this universe, and that's where this aspect of the living tribunal comes into play. Right. And it's the death of death. And right. it's just, it's a really it's a really uh, abstract concept. And that's uh, something else that Jason Aaron and Al Ewing play into in this book um, with regards to um, representing it on the page. And it, it goes so far as to uh, see it through show us through the eyes of Valkyrie. And she's on the verge of actually losing her mind because as a human, she's not fully able to comprehend what she's seeing through her, through the Valkyrie's eyes. Right. Which actually, she has to pull, she has to sort of pull back. Well, she has to get pulled back because you recall it was Dr. Strange that was the one that kind of pulled her back. Right. What I was going to say is she has to pull back and she's forced to pull back. Right. Right. Um, But there's all, you know, the, uh, the, the team, uh, they're on a quest, essentially, and this issue shows them getting picked off one by one 
for certain reasons. Well, leading as, to as what the tends end. to happen is right. As what tends right. to happen in situations like this, hey, it, you know, so we've seen it in in, in uh, TV shows and, and movies all the time. It's like, well, you got a group of people, and then all of a sudden, or specifically in superhero terms, it's like, hey. Hey, I got to deal with this crisis. You go on ahead, you know, or I got to deal with this thing. You right. go on ahead. I mean, it's basically, it's basically, yeah, I was going to say it's basically, um, uh, and you, and you know, I love to bring in the Potter references. It's basically Ron and Hermione at the chessboard, um, uh, you know, sure. during the first, uh, during the first movie in the first book. So, but, uh, well, well, yeah, the parallel still stands. Never mind, because I'm about to say that's, there is a little difference there, but yeah, it still stands. You know, because one character has to get to the end. That's sure. really the point of it. So, sure. So, uh, you know, it, it had, there's a, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there's really a, a philosophical, existential kind of uh, 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 kind of di- uh, monologue. Actually, it's a dialogue here. Because it's between the aspect of the Living Tribunal and Jane Foster, mm-hmm. uh, basically coming up with a reason for death to continue its existence in the Marvel Universe. And, and that was the crux of the story. Right. And I'm surprised they didn't bring up the – well, actually, they kind of did, but not to the extent that I was – of calling it, like, just blatantly, meaning, like, uh, hey, eventually – well, so – the cancerverse, which is a, a recent thing that's been brought up uh, with uh, annihilation, got got mentioned, and there was the and with that mention, it was like, well, okay, um, if it becomes a world that doesn't end up dying, it could end up more like the cancerverse uh, is, which wasn't the way I was thinking about that. I was thinking it was like, okay, well, if if you know if nobody dies and the Earth gets overpopulated and but they just kind of they kind of blended that into hey the, it could become the controversy from that and not just like it's going to get overcrowded and no resources and blah 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 that kind of this and that and the other, right? Because when they say no death, they mean no death of anything, right? And that's the and 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 uncontrolled growth, uncontrolled uh uh cre- you know creation is essentially the the cancerverse principles. Right. So the the fact that they went there with that I was like okay that makes sense it's especially since like if you read enough or if you've read like if if Jane Foster was the only book you were reading like you would not have realized that okay hey that is a that is a thing that has come up fairly kind of recently All right but at the same time it still played just as you know different it's just the same if you hadn't because you know if you especially if you knew what the cancer first was in the first place which. Again, if, especially if you're a newer reader, you kind of wouldn't know so much of. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's that's the crux of the book. Yeah. But, uh, so basically, it was a it was a start, a good, you know, it basically finished that quest and then it wrapped up. That's the whole that story. And it's going into another arc next. Um, right. Next, uh, next issue. I thought it was just a really solid read just because it did deal with high concepts and really forced you to really think. Mm-hmm. And superhero books sometimes aren't known for making you think, so I definitely appreciated uh, this book. Maybe take uh, may- maybe forcing every reader to take a step back and just think a little bit about you know about their concepts about you know about each reader's concepts or preconceived notions 
about several things. I would like to believe that it would. It depends on the reader, because sometimes there there are those folks that will read this like, okay, it was a good book and all that, but they're not really thinking that much more over the book itself. Right. There's always those. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to just point out that there is something that um, Al Ewing left us with. Yes. And that is a guide to phonetic Yorkshire, how to horse. It's uh, published by, you know, like uh, Marvel decided to, to, to let everyone see it. It's something that Al Ewing wrote to help uh, future writers write dialogue for Mr. Horse. Right. Which Val- was uh, Valkyrie's cool um, ride. Yeah, which uh, according to that, according to that thing in the back of the book, there was like, yeah, they weren't going to let him do that unless you provided that uh, <laughs> that guide. Oh, you mean go on to another book? I gotcha. Right? Yeah, because because otherwise, they basically because they basically was like, yeah, they weren't going to let him use the, the the accent unless someone somebody else could come along and pick it up because no one else would know how to, uh, you know, write that outside of him. So mm-hmm. they would just drop the accent if. if that well, that was, at least that was the implication anyway. So yeah, so you if you get a chance to read this book and you read that, you should check it out. It's actually kind of a kind of amusing. Um, oh, it's it's uh, it's informative for sure. It, it it's a it, it's pretty amazing to see how uh, just a, a a a local, not even I guess I guess you could say it was a dialect, but you know it's it was, it's just yeah. a local dialect of English. Of the English language in uh, in Yorkshire is uh, you know so vastly different from what we know, which leads me to kind of wonder um, how because I don't think is he I think he is British right? Yes. Oh, yeah. So that pretty much kind of goes into uh, what I would have asked him if I saw him, but I'm curious as to what why that particular dialect it was the one that he went with. Oh, I think it. I think he. I think it's there in the notes. Is that the Yorkshire has strong roots with the Vikings? Okay. Which now that I think about it, I guess that does make sense because I remember when, like, the first issue and Mister Horse showed up. I think I kind of looked up to see what his dialect was was similar to, and I was like, okay, and I found that, and it's like, okay, that that makes some sense. Yep, there so. it is. But regardless, um, this was a, a, a good issue um, still. Al Ewing will be missed on this book, but, you know, hey, he's got a couple of... He, yeah, he's, he's not going... In, he's not really going anywhere. Right, yeah, he's just going off to do his own stuff, you know, um, so... Right. I would um, just mention that um, the the two other um, night nurses that I see under Wiki are Georgia Jenkins, who is uh, African-American, and Christine Palmer, so this might be Christine Palmer. That might be the case. I want to say you know, Glass. Well, that's the name of the character from Doctor Strange, right? Um, the movie, right? Um, who's that? Yeah. Who's a doctor? And I want to actually. say the Georgina girl might be pretty much Claire, except for you know they except for the name, right? Right. I want to say that's that's the template they they took off of. Um. So yeah, there's been a couple of them, <laughs> regardless. Hmm. But yes. Oh, also, real quick, the art in this, the, in this issue, um, you know, continue to be good. And I think next issue we're going to get Kafu back on the book. Yep. Um, so it'll be noticeable, but not that noticeable to say, hey, this is because Kafu's art is pretty great. So um, it'll be good to to uh, to get back to that. But at the same time, like the, this art 
uh, the Arden's book has been pretty great. Uh, matter of fact, let me get a name real quick for. Uh, it is uh, Pere, Pere, uh, Pere Perez. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a guest artist. So, solid work. Um, let's see. Yeah, the only other thing you could say about this book is something happened to one of the characters, but it's, that's a a less of an issue, I'd say. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, I guess the, the, the best thing we can say is that the team does not emerge unscathed from right. their mission. They do suffer a loss. We won't spoil exactly what's lost. A kind of a loss, yeah, basically. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. but you know, even if we were to, even if we were to explain it, you'd be like, "Huh?" Mm-hmm. So, which is so somebody we mentioned in passing, you know, when we started talking about this. So, uh, let us move on to, I guess, uh, since we're on this, the next. How about uh, Avengers? You did say you read Avengers, right? Yep. Yep. Cool. So, uh, Avengers are still out in space. The teams are still kind of split up. Um, um, the Iron Widow, a.k.a. the War Widow, is um, busting chops left and right <laughs> uh, until um, a certain silver, uh, a silverish being comes into play. We could just call him Silver Surfer Black for now. Yeah. Because we don't really know how he's been reclassified. Yeah, we know his attitudes kind of changed a, a, a bit, and right. he's intangible and all that kind of good match, which they do, you know, they do. Well, I guess it's kind of weird the way they, they, they played with that, but at the same time, it was like, yeah, something, you know, even like Division, who could become intangible, could still get hurt. Right. And it's also magic. And that's the thing. When you're dealing with magic, it just doesn't have as many rules. Yeah. So, well, yeah. You know, and we'll get to that because. As Roddy Cap mentioned, the team is split up, but they are on the verge of coming together as the star brand that they're looking for is, quote unquote, being birthed. And that's a big thing that turns into a revelation at the end of the issue. But before we get to that, I wanted to just mention that uh, what Roddy Cap was referring to is that Ghost Rider, Blade, and Boy Thing are, you know, basically uh, left to try to recuperate and or die under the heat of a red sun, I think it is. That is correct. And, you know. Well, yeah, like, Blade was affected by the red sun. It's everybody else was fighting. Right. I think uh, Ghost Rider got, got uh, messed up when he was fighting last, when he was fighting the surfer last issue, if I'm not mistaken. Right. So, I mean, basically, Blade is like Superman. And uh, Boy Thing decides to take matters into his own hands. Or uses his matter in Blade's own hand. Right. (laughs) And uh, you have to remember, Boy Thing is an offshoot of Man Thing. And what's Man Thing's call? uh, His his, his, uh, nom de guerre, his... uh, his his uh his trademark uh, I guess uh, motto yeah yeah you know what is it uh, all like, things that no fear burn at the touch of man thing exactly and that apparently happens in this uh in this because Blade gets a boy thing armor who um 
in a symbiote like manner can can the can adjust to uh I guess the wearer's will. Or well he's I mean he's got a will of his own, obviously, but you know, he he seems to be able to contemplate what the user in this case blade uh wants. Uh or needs. Or needs, so, yes. So and becomes um a physical blade. Right. And uh the Black Widow remarks, hey, um, shouldn't you be burning too? And Blade is saying, yes, I'm burning from head to toe underneath this right. layer of boy thing that is covering me from head to toe. Exactly. So the armor is, 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 is keeping him ambulatory, but not necessarily helping the situation all that much. Right. Oh, because, you, know, uh, you know, eventually uh, the, uh, the power uh, uh, basically... Uh, uh, you know, is is paramount to everything else. So, right. and basically, Blade is like, if I die here in sports in space, I'm gonna haunt the Avengers for for the rest of their lives, right? Like, like which that was kind of funny. He cracked a joke, which he's not necessarily known for for being all jokey jokey, right? Meanwhile, exactly. Um, Captain Marvel is taking on Fire Lord. She Hulk is taking on Terax, and Captain America is trying not to get killed. Um, in this battle between really, really big space-powered people, right? And uh, so, so there's before you go any further with that. So the the three ex heralds of uh, Galactus are, are basically teamed up to uh, to prevent the coming of the Star Brand. Hence, why they're fighting the Avengers, right? So continue, right? And all I just wanted to add was that this particular group is dealing with Thor still being in his 95% brood stage. He's still uh, dealing with the effects of the brood infection, uh, uh, remarkably still. Yeah. Seemed you know, like given more than 95, but yeah, it was like they've kind of walked it back, yeah. but also, you know. Which, Cap does something slightly unusual as opposed to last issue where he was basically trying to talk um, talk Thor down from his, his brood-like state. He basically uses this to advantage, which that's a cap thing to do. He's like, well, hey, we got this thing. We're going to use it to our advantage some kind of way. And uh, basically six brood Thor onto Terax. Um, while he and, and Captain Marvel are, well, Captain Marvel's still dealing with the uh, Fire Lord, but in that whole, um, that, um, that little conversation with uh, Captain Marvel and Fire Lord, it's like, huh, if that didn't come out of some social media, um, business i don't know what did because she was like hey i guess you want me to see even well he's basically like hey you're outmatched uh and outgunned and she was like oh i bet you want me to smile for it smile uh huh and he's like well actually that would and then she just clocks him <laughs> so i'm pretty sure that was that was deliberate that was pretty good that was pretty good but yeah at the end of this all uh we find out uh, we now have a face to go with the birth of the star brand um to which i'm sure that um that will drop next issue and i'm fairly certain that the person uh, i suspect if things go the way they tend to go in comic books that the person uh holding the birth uh in is not going to be around afterwards that's likely it's likely but i have to give jason aaron credit uh the way they paced this issue Oh, excuse me. They definitely it definitely took me by surprise. 
You're saying? I said they definitely dropped some hints, uh, some 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 hints along with it. Oh, right. They definitely did. They definitely did. But at the same time, it still took me by surprise, even yeah. though I understood the uh, the hints. So it was definitely a a, a, a well laid surprise for for uh, most readers. Um, you know, it's pretty interesting to see all these gigantically powered cosmic, you know, creatures, cosmic beings, you know, uh, amongst them, uh, Kalark, a.k.a. Gladiator, you know, Majestic, uh, no, Majestor of the Shi'ar Empire. Right. Uh, um, you know, going toe-to-toe with uh, the current somewhat wielder of the star brand. Yeah. Because that's a big hint as to what exactly you find on the cliffhanger last page of this issue. Right, right. Someone has the power, and apparently we also find out how that person got caught up with, well, how the, the star brand caught up with this person. Um, well, we at least get a hint. But that's what I'm so, saying. They, they pretty much tell it, but yeah, we don't get the, we don't have the full story, but we know where where at least the two entities kind of met up. We don't know who this right. person is. Right. And some part of me was like, okay, I, I suppose we're supposed to know this person. But that doesn't necessarily mean it was true, which turned out to be, as far as we know, is not true. And this is not the first time something like this has kind of happened before, because back in the day, um, um, matter of fact, yeah, there was a version of Captain Britain that came out of the Avenger, uh, Avengers because of, um, uh, well, it wasn't because of a death, because Captain Britain was still around, but he wasn't around then. But some mm-hmm. somebody ended up getting the powers of Captain Brit- Britain under some sort of duress. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that was a really bad era of the Avengers. So, well, there is. Yeah, I mean, it was not great, but you know, I wonder if they was Chuck Austin. Was it that far? I don't think it was that far back. I think it was the Lionheart. That's what that was called. Yeah. I don't know what that. Now you want want to go see and I kind of don't want to find that out. Um, I know. But regardless, uh, just to say, it's all the same. A similar thing has happened before. Uh, oh, yeah. Was... It was Lionheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and remember. it was Chuck Austin, bastard. Wow. Called it. <laughs> I was about to say, man, we there's, the, you know, ladies and gentlemen of our listening and viewing audience, you know, I've said it before. We have read more comics sometimes than we can remember. Hmm. So, you know, it's Greg Land on. No, I'm just kidding. No, no. I know, I know. Unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, this 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 particular book had uh, Olivier Coipel on it, which was good, but it had Chuck Austin, aka Chuck Beckham, on it, which is bad. <laughs> there was a, a book with a, a Greg Land cover that I was gonna uh, send send to you over over Twitter, and I totally forgot about it. Oh, don't remind me. Last week, Spider Gwen. Was that what it was? Yeah. yeah last week, Spider Gwen. I wanted to scream when I saw it. I was like, <laughs> buy this there's no alternate variant cover <laughs> I was like, you know? I, was like huh, I, should, I should show this to him seriously one of the one of the few times I can't get a variant cover <laughs> oh, he's gosh. as you can tell he and um, uh, Agent 70 and uh, PC underscore dirt are big big fans of Greg Land's art oh <laughs> but anyway, back to the, the, the to the adventure. We, we're Greg much- Land, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I've got I've got uh, just a few sound effects to throw at Greg Land's way. Oh no! no. 
anyway. <laughs> I mean, you could have given him a, a Statler and Waldorf at least, not not that. But no, this is what he gets. <laughs> okay, there's that. Sure. Um, but yeah, like I said, round round the the, the talk of uh, the the Avengers. Yeah, we will. The, there is one other piece of the puzzle in the star brand thing that's that's yet to unfold and I suppose um, as She-Hulk is one actually She-Hulk was basically basically also I don't know if she intentionally uh, if that was the intent but she was basically was like yeah we're gonna we're gonna help this person with you know with their powers which they've done before you know sort of and that's part of their jobs is it and she, because she didn't know, because obviously sometimes they've had people, they have had people who with burgeoning powers that they've um, tried to um, match by even Robbie, even though he's kind of had his for a minute, but uh, you know they've tried to shepherd people in the use of their powers, not always to the, to to great extent, but you know, but they have done it before, so that that was basically a clue into it's like, well, they they got some babysitting coming into the future. Possibly, actually, um, the the Benone, if they go the way that it looks like they're going. So mm. I suppose we will find out uh, that th- that whole thing will drop next uh, issue, which will be issue thirty. Um, actually, I want to go back real quick and um, something about uh, it's, it's kind of sort of related uh, with uh, Jane Foster. I don't know if you noticed it, but there was a kind of a quasar uh, type. Um, I don't know, it felt very Quasar-ish in, in the beginning of that issue with her, because even because every time she says, well, she, her all weapon, you know, gives her the knowledge that she needs right? in, in situations that she needed, and that just kind of reminds me reminded me of Quasar. Okay. Um, and I feel like, and that, which also was like, where's Quasar? Because I know he's still around, I know there's another Quasar still around. And I'm like, why hasn't this Quasar shown up in in Avengers helping them out with this? Also, that's but that's all. You know, that's an excellent question. question. Yeah. Uh, so next up, you, if you want to, um, if you want to suggest a book, yeah, I think we only got like one more that we've even remotely read to, or skimmed together. Right. I mean, I can talk about Iron Man 2020 number one. Okay. Um, this is the launch book for the Iron Man 2020 event, and it's appropriately dated, appropriately launched at the, at the beginning of the year 2020. Hmm. Um, I, uh, it is written by Dan Slott and Christos Gage, and the art is by Pete Woods, and the art is pretty solid throughout with uh, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. Um, the, uh, the, you know, the premise has really grown out of the pages of Tony Stark, Iron Man. And the crux of it is that uh, there is a incoming robot revolution as well as, uh, you know, uh, uh, an extinct, an extinction level, uh, threat that is coming to Earth that Arno Stark is looking to defeat. Um, it's going to be something that develops over the course of this uh, crossover. 
Uh, in the meantime, we have more robot and, um, you know, uh, we will use LMDs as a prime example. Um, more robot uprisings coming in and out uh, of the uh, the Marvel Universe. We also understand that um, Tony Stark's whereabouts are unknown. His current status uh, is known to the general public because of the events of Tony Stark, Iron Man. Right. And Arno Stark is uh, up... Excuse me, is front and center as the new Iron Man and um, Bane Tronics has taken over Stark Unlimited. So, so basically, uh, what is old is new again, right? So ultimately, where we find ourselves, uh, you know, at the end of this issue is really establish, really establishing the uh, the starting point for this. Uh, this crossover, we get the players into position. We find out where um, uh, where James Rhodes is. We find out where a uh, Machine Man is. He's the one essentially leading the robot revolution. Of course. Oh, excuse <laughs> me. Maybe that's where, he, where we finally get the next wave. <laughs> Maybe that's where Possibly. that came from. <laughs> Possible. We also find out... Um, where the robot revolution is being staged from and where possible other characters that we're familiar with are going to find themselves as part of it. So I did not read the book, but I kind of skimmed it. So, and, and I asked uh, agent 70 beforehand, um, like, which seems to be apparent. Did you need to read uh, Tony Stark Iron Man in order to get what's going on here? Which sounds like yes, but also no, because from what he told me at the back of this issue is a timeline of the events uh, weaving in and out of Tony Stark Iron Man. And apparently right. the, the, the reading list uh, for the 2020 event um, also goes to a couple of books or at least one book, one or two books that doesn't weirdly doesn't seem to be joined to this as in, like, you because uh, there's what Wolverine shows up on the on the reading list. Oh, okay. It's I Wolverine. Is it? You sure about that? I don't think so. It is because that, that's. I'm a hundred percent sure. I can mm. assure you, it's I Wolverine as because an I robot. Because I thought that at first also, but then I saw that same symbol in the front of the or same that I looking thing in front of the rest of the books also. No, it's you have to trust me on this. It's I Wolverine, and the character is. And uh, this is a minor spoiler for anyone looking to pick this up, but it might also be an incentive for someone to pick this up. Anyone who is a fan of Larry Hama's Wolverine run in the 90s will remember an android by the name of Albert and his little sidekick LCD. Yeah, definitely doesn't ring a bell to me. Right. So there was an android Wolverine running around named Albert. But they couldn't very well call this book Albert, so they're calling it I Wolverine, and it's pretty. It you know I'm I'm definitely curious to read that book sure. because that is definitely one of uh, those of runs on the solo Wolverine book, the second I believe is the second or third vo- yeah second volume of Wolverine if you count the first volume being. Um, the the Miller Claremont limited series. Hmm. The second volume had a couple of decent runs during the course of it's a pretty long run, and the Hama, the Hama run that had uh, Mark Silvestri on it, is a definite highlight. Right. 
Okay, yeah, looking back on it, because it, it looked weird. It looked like, like it was just like um, like almost a bracket-like, but I see I do see where it looks like. Yeah, okay, I trust you on that one. But also looking at this, tr- uh, this chest list, this chest list, um, and in Eden Skin, I mean, in the book, because I didn't read the book, but I skimmed through it enough to know that, that uh, apparently, one, Rhodey is back in the, the uh, War Machine armor again, because he's had an issue with being in armor, rightly so, given what's happened to him over the years. All right, he had a little bit of PTSD post-fighting yeah. Thanos. Basically. Right. Well, he, he, no, he b- before that also, because remember when he burnt up in the classic armor, too, because, you know... That right, also he also him. had to... He also had to uh, work his way through that by, you know, by... by, uh, by need, as opposed to by want. Um, sure. In the uh, final issues of the Tony Stark Iron Man book. Just sure. prior to this, so gotcha. Which hey, you know, nothing says um, uh, therapy like uh, imminent danger. Sure, but also, going to be. I think he's going um, to be leading the Force Works book. Which that's what I was going to get into next, because in that same in that same panel, you also see apparently Force Works is around, and that I, I'm not even going to lie, that made me get it to no end. I don't know if it, I don't think it's going to be. Which we kind of knew this was coming. Uh, and coming out of the book, because I'm fairly certain there was news, uh, um, news of probably a couple of months ago about it. But this, nevertheless, still makes me giddy, and I don't think it's the the original team. Uh, my mom was no, there. because I don't think Century is there. Oh no! <laughs> and I don't think was that century, that Century was not the same Century, was it? Because that was a that was like an alien like. No, it wasn't called Century. It was called Century. Like right. one, like uh, right, you know, right, like right, right, right. and Scarlet Witch, and you know, and Wonder Man, and thank God, U.S. Agent's not around. Well, he is around, but you know, he is around. He's around in this incarnation. Yeah, but nevertheless, I was like, I saw Force working. I was like, okay, let's get it. So, <laughs> um, which, by the way, if you have Disney Plus and you uh, and the uh, '90s Iron Man. Uh, not the Armored Adventures, but the other one. Uh, it's basically all of it's. It basically should have been titled Iron Man and Forest Works. Right. I've uh, still not watched that. I, I'm dreading watching that. I now. have. I remember watching that like back in the day, and I was like, okay. Oh yeah, like the late '90s, right? Right. So yeah. and yeah, it was not like out of all of the um, animated series. Now, granted, the '90s stuff of that area was not great. Like even the Fantastic Four stuff wasn't. Terribly but, uh, great, like Avengers United We Stand. I still have a fondness of it, but it wasn't great. Um, you know that stuff kind of was uh, around in that same area. But Iron Man Force Works and the the, the synth heavy theme music mm-hmm. just still kind of plays in my ear right now. But then again, most of those were kind of the same. I think the same. They laid on the same synth on the on the most of those. Well, with right. the exception of Fantastic Four, because that one was actually kind of catchy. Regardless, um. That's cool to see, and I don't think I don't know if um, it's gonna we're gonna get shades of that or even the classic you know spinoff of the whack, the wackos such as yeah. Force Works happens to be, but we will see in a couple in a month I guess it's because that's right. uh, coming in a couple of weeks. So right, yeah, I'm I'm definitely that. looking forward to the next issue of this Iron Man 2020 book because. You know, my curiosity has definitely been piqued. Yes. So we'll see how it goes in the next issue. 
Yeah, I've been curious about what's been going on with the the like to well well one I, well also Ironheart's going to be a, um, a part of this and she's got a couple of books coming out which that's I'm, I'm happy to see that because I love you know Riri's an awesome character, but um, catching up with her well not her last volume but the volume before that when she was Invincible Iron Man and the Tony Stark Iron Man stuff catching up with all that which granted some of that doesn't have anything to do with what's going on here, but you know the last volume of Iron Man this and. You know, the Tony Stark Iron Man stuff. I want to kind of catch up on going into this. So hopefully, I get a chance to do it before the next issue comes out. Um, and with that, I think it's safe to say we can pretty much go to rapid fire because neither one of us have that many more books to to, to no do. No problem. I will spin it up. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me run through mine. Sure. Dire Wraiths to number one. This is published by IDW, the Wait, folks who... Excuse me, is it called ROM Dire Wraiths? Because I thought I... Unless, I, I thought I saw it that. It could be. Yeah, I think it is, because I thought I saw it on... Um, especially on Comicsology, but I think it's also on the thing. Right, it looks like it. It looks like the title is ROM Dire Wraiths. I just took it from um, how we had it saved. Right. How our, um, our, our uh, review copy was saved. So, ROM Dire Wraiths. Um... Essentially, this is what IDW is using as their version of the Dire Wraiths as we formerly knew them at Marvel. We still know them at Marvel, but back then uh, we knew them as the arch enemies of the Space Knights of Galador. Now they are the arch enemies of the Soul Star Knights of whatever um, in IDW. I dropped ROM ages ago. And I am just reading this out of sheer curiosity, and my curiosity has been satisfied, not peaked, and I'm good with that. My understanding is that these dire rates are uh, – this isn't the first time we've seen them, but it's the first time we're sort of seeing them in the, the context of ROM. Um, right. Um, I need to actually – well, I should check that out real quick. I should have did it earlier before we um, – but, but when we were talking about prior to the show but so yeah the diaries have shown up previously uh in the uh probably three or four or five years ago when hasbro was trying to get their shared universe together and so they so gi joe transformers uh micronauts rom and the visionaries and the visionary yeah all of those they basically put all the good well mask excuse me was also but uh visionaries <laughs> was not technically a part of that but um, as far as the, the event stuff, because remember they had the whole big event that that basically blended the Transformers, okay. uh, GI Joe, and all the and all those other properties mm-hmm. together. And Mask was basically like a part of GI Joe, and somehow the Dire Race were were involved, and they were kind of the the, the Dire Race we know. If if you're of a certain vintage, you know from the Marvel, but kinda. So yeah, there was a whole it was a whole whole lot and. Apparently that didn't work out all that well because we haven't really seen not much really came out of it. Like GI Joe is still going around. They got a book now, but has none of that's playing into it. GI uh, Transformers around. They kind of went in a whole different direction. So um, yeah, that whole thing. Like it was, it was kind of loosey goosey, but it was also kind of interesting. Plus, we were going to get a new mask book out of it, so I was kind of curious for that, and I was, you know, reading for for that. If not sure. much else, because that whole—I don't know if you ever get a chance to check that stuff out. You, you can. Oh, Action Man was also a part of that. Which, if you're not British, you don't know too much about who that is. Who? 
Exactly. So anyway, um, right. So that's dire rates number one. Uh, I'm not going to look at that any longer. Um, undiscovered country number three. This is that uh, Scott Snyder, Charles Soule, uh, co-written book with art by Giuseppe Comincoli. Um, We are on issue number three. And there have been some interesting twists to the story since um, kind of a weird issue number one, because I think our expectations were definitely subverted where I think a lot of people did not think it was going to be kind of a Mad Max beyond Thunder Thunderdome type thing. Um, and it sort of turned into one, but now it's sort of not because there are definitely more sci-fi elements to it. Uh, it appears that, spoiler alert, um, for anyone who's uh, intending to read this, The spoiler is that it appears that the inside, the the, the part of the United States within the 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 the, the, the seawalls, seems to be moving at a different speed slash time than the rest of the world, and that has definitely got um, something to do with what has event what has happened to uh, the U.S. and what uh, story. Soul and Snyder probably intend to uh, intend to tell. So this has uh, nothing to do with Letter Forty Four, does it? What's that? No, this has nothing to do with Letter Forty Four. Okay, no. this is totally different. Okay, just make yep. sure. And last but not least is Legion of Superheroes number three. Uh, Damian Wayne spends a short time in the future, probably because he is he apparently turns into a very bad man, according to the Legion. Um, the rest of this Legion story seems to be moving at a snail's pace. We are four issues in, and I think we're finally going to get some sort of real action to the story. So um, I'm having some issues. Maybe my my recollection of the Legion of Superheroes banter and dialogue uh, I guess the, the the version of teen dialogue that I remember from the 80s is vastly different than the teen dialogue that exists now, especially coming off of the keyboard of one Brian Michael Bendis. And it is, I can see some saying that it's entertaining. I can see some saying that it is uh, somewhat true to life. I'm having some trouble with it, but... Um, I guess it's just going to take me a little more time to adjust. Um, or you've realized that it's been this and you're never going to reconcile that. And it's just going to be what it is. Could be. I mean, I was able to read miles and gonky and all of them for a long time. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's just the bigger cast of characters and the different voices that he's choosing to give them is what I'm having problems with right now. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of lot of jokers in that book from from what I've seen. Uh, there are a lot of characters. That is no question. Which now he, Bendis is also writing a uh, Young Justice, and he so Bendis has a slight. He's doing actually. He's not doing terribly bad on uh, Young Justice. There's a couple of whatever's, but um, that that are kind of bothersome. But he has had issues writing group books before sure. he has written the granite he is also the one who brought you know a certain cachet to the avengers especially with if you know in, in a certain light uh back in back in the day he even put luke cage on the team uh, you know so and 
it is what it is. But nevertheless, he still has some issues writing team books sometimes, and it sounds like you know adding more people to the pot maybe exasperating that. I don't know. Sure. All right, so I am done with my books. So actually, because of that kind of plays into this week's Ten Titans number 38, kinda. Um, or maybe, maybe not, it could be a coincidental, because basically what you said about Damien, maybe what he finds out in this issue. So in this issue, um, after the events of last issue, they got caught by the other, whose identity we find out. Uh, and spoiler alert, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say it because it's stupid and it's DC in this comic book. But apparently it is a clone of Damien that's been grown and that was thought to be killed by his uh, by his mom mm. back in back during some Batman book. I can't remember which one it was. It doesn't matter. Uh, but apparently they've been Frankenstein back together again and the, they've they basically took over uh the other, the other's uh, empire, which there was a person called the other, but he basically killed them and took his place. And now he wants Damien to take his place in over the criminal in the uh, criminal syndicate because you can't do you know, because the stuff that Damien's been trying hasn't been working. So you would he's basically saying that hey, you could do better if you ran the criminal organization as opposed to trying to end it. Uh, but during this, you know, he, he mulls it over and apparently this, the other, uh, this clone has, um, the ring that holds Jin who had been, uh, sealed away because thanks to roundhouse, uh, demon gets back in touch with her through the help of the other. And basically through a series of events and of fights and roundhouse basically coming back to save the team after he almost, um, after he basically sabotaged the team, uh, they are all back together again and are trying to find a way to uh, release Jen from her imprisonment. So basically, this whole thing was, uh, which started off as a thing from like months ago with Damien and Red Arrow trying to figure out who the other is. Well, that's been taken care of. And now from that, you know, they're basically saying, well, we know who that is. That's been taken care of. And now we got to go uh, figure out how to get Jen o out of this ring. And that's what's starting up the, the next arc of this book. And it's apparently there, you know, it's a teaching moment because Damon is even saying, I was like, you know what? Everything that's been happening. Yeah, we can't do that anymore. So now I'm going to trust you folks as a team. And I'm actually going to be like I, I said, I was going, I needed to be in the first place, which we'll see how that works. Cause he's still <laughs> the daughter. He's still the son of an Al Ghul. Uh, the grandson of an I'll do it. Well, excuse me, son mm-hmm. of an Algo, because Talia's mm-hmm. his mom. So we'll see how that works out. But regardless, a new art coming up. We'll see um, what comes of it. Um, and my la- oh, actually, no, not my last book. Uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number seven. Of course, I'll go ahead and go there, because that's not the order that I had in the first place. Um... This book is still kind of some nonsense, but it's actually pretty good. This is the the Matt Fraction book that kind of goes all over the place. Uh, so Jimmy's, a- after a series of circumstances, Jimmy's kind of, not necessarily on the run, but um, no, he's, um, somebody's coming for his life. He thought it was Lex Luthor, and apparently Lex Luthor is not the one behind him, but he kind of knows. He's trying to also figure out who's trying to kill Jimmy Olsen. So Jimmy's been moving from place to place. He was just in Gotham as of last issue, but Batman told him, you got to go. In this issue, he ends up in 
uh, Opal City, which is funny enough with his sister, and who who says, and I quote, "Welcome to Opal City. Hope you survive the experience." No. Yeah. So there's a lot of little things like that that is in this book. Um, um, it, it's you may not know that much about uh, Jimmy Olsen or the character. You don't really need to, but if you if you've liked. Fractures run on Hawkeye. This is not necessarily that, but this kind of brings some of that same uh, irreverence and humor in it, and it's pretty good. So you should check it out if you are so inclined, because there's a, a bunch of things that that, that, are, that are going on in, in the book. Cause some of it has to do with his family history, and you know, and some other stuff in his history with the Luthors, and again, this other thing with various things that he's gotten into over the or, or the years that kind of get. Uh, get addressed or whatever the case may be so check that out uh and my last book is one that i didn't intend to, to check out but i did anyway ruins of ravencroft uh Sabretooth number one so i think this is I, I guess this is coming out of um absolute carnage because basically marvel's version of arkham uh, arkham asylum was destroyed during the course of whatever happened there, but they're trying to build it back up, and you see uh, Wilson Fisk and Misty Knight, uh, Wilson Fisk, Misty Knight, and a couple other people, basically in the ruins of, uh, I keep wanting to call them Arkham, but I'm trying not to, Ravencroft, to try to figure out, you know, to try to see what they can can fix up, because they're trying to fix the place back up. Uh, They run into some issues as as, um, with some monster types, almost Frankenstein monsters. Oh, uh, Man-Wolf. Uh, and the reason why I bring up the Man-Wolf part is because Man-Wolf, as, a part, as, as far as the Avengers are concerned, is somewhere in the other realm. So I don't know when this is taking place. Mm. Uh, but nevertheless, he's on Earth helping Wilson Fisk with this little project. And like I said, Mr. Knight and the rest of them there. They run into an issue, but then it just cuts to... Um, it just basically does a hard cut into the past of Ravencroft, which is the place, and the foundings of the place with, uh, I think his name is Josiah Ravencroft or something like that. And of course, uh, as the title would suggest, Sabretooth and Wolverine are somehow involved with this place and Mr. Sinister uh, in some kind of way. I will leave you to discover... Uh, what their connection is, but two of those names you can pretty much guess. You know what happens with those two in a, in a certain in a certain way, but not necessarily the way that you would expect. And of course, like I said, these are like one shots that are um, that are, I guess are going to one side. I don't know if this is going to be more of a twenty ninety nine or more of an, an annihilation type of um, cohesion. Uh, but I was just kind of pick this one up. Well, I basically checked this out as a as a curiosity. Because I really wasn't going to in the first place, uh, but it was a light week, so we'll see if I, I may be tempted to check out the next book, uh, whichever one that is coming out next week. Um, all right, yeah, and to see if there's any connective tissue to all that, because I definitely didn't read uh, Absolute Carnage. So, mm-hmm. uh, and that is it for me. We go to clicks of the week. And we have one click for one Tim Dog ninety eight, and that would be Iron Man twenty twenty number one, because as okay. he says, it's kind of a lackluster week, so he went with Iron Man twenty twenty. I think it's a solid pick. Like I said, it was an interesting kickoff to the Robot Revolution, but my 
click of the week. I think this week is going to be Valkyrie Jane Foster number seven. It's on the pick, as usual. Um, I don't even know why I'm even taking so much time with this. Um, right. Uh, let's say PCN underscore dirt did not get us a click of the week pick this no, week. No, he did not. So, um, so for myself, Jimmy Olsen was actually all right. That Teen Titans wasn't too terribly bad either. Um, as well as Valkyrie. You know what? I guess I will go with um, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number seven. That's a out of field pick for me. So there we go with the clicks of the week. And now, before we go into the news section, can you give us an ad read, please? Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, you get fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron, always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off, and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And here comes the news. Uh, oh, before we start the news, actually, I want to give a happy 20th anniversary or birthday, I guess, if you will, to Star Trek Voyager, who started um, on this day, Thursday, not well, not Thursday, on uh, um, January 16th, uh, apparently, 25 years ago today. So okay. I know a lot of people, some, there are people who don't like Voyager. I don't, it had some some spots in it, but it wasn't terrible. Um. I had to think about the music. Well, the opposite, that's Deep Space Nine, but sure. Oh, that's <laughs> right. I had to think, I'm like, wait, I can't remember what Voyager's music sounds like then. It's fine. It was basically standard. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Deep Space Nine, but it was basically standard, you know. Yeah, listen how listen how I screwed that up because I can't even remember Voyager's music. Ugh. Oh. I Sorry, can kind of yeah, I can kind of remove you're, you you're the literal redheaded stepchild of my Star Trek memories. <laughs> At the time, some of the, it went on to be replaced by Enterprise by some, but uh, which dang, I still need to finish that. But regardless, it's it's 25th anniversary. It is also the birthday of Sade. So happy birthday, Sade, and um, Ali and a couple other people. Which that has nothing to do with comics. Is it Aaliyah's birthday today? Too? It is absolutely Aaliyah's birthday today. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, you know, rest in peace and happy birthday, baby girl. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Baby I wish girl. I had a. Oh. I was about to say I need a, a a baby squeal for that one. I know, right? But uh, anyway, moving on. Yes, but moving on to the cinematic news, as we tend to do. Harley Quinn blows up the Joker in the final Birds of Play trailer. I don't think that actually happened. People are suggesting that, but we never see that happen. So basically, if you've watched the Harley, did we talk about it last week? I can't remember. I don't think I don't know if we did. I don't think so. 
Yeah. So basically, there's a new Harley Quinn trailer for the that Birds of Prey. Excuse me. There's a new Birds of Prey trailer out, but basically, there was a lot of Harley Quinn in it, as it is want to do. The first thing you see is uh, the Harley Quinn blowing up the Acme. Um, actually, I want to say that looks like the the Acme um, chemical plant from from. Burton's Batman, but that's probably not the case. Regardless, she sees it blows up after after some words, uh, and people are taking that to see that the Joker is dead. Uh, which we don't get any kind of we don't get any kind of indication of one way or the other, just because his place blew up. And then the the trailer goes on from there. Regardless, um, if you haven't if you haven't had a chance to check it out, you should check it out. It's it's an interesting trailer. We get a little bit more. Um, again, a lot more Harley Quinn and a little bit more on some of the other characters, including uh, apparently um, Black Canary's uh, trademark scream gets teased. Um, you know, Renee Montoya in the form of uh, um, um, Rosa Perez is there. Apparently, the little girl is Cassandra Kane. Uh, I didn't recognize that at first, just whatever. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. There, it's getting mixed uh, you know, talk on the the internet's, you know, um, kind of surprise. Well, actually, I was going to say surprise. So no one didn't mention the the accuracy of the comic, uh, the comic accuracy accuracy of it. But I think there was actually some mention, one way or, or the other, of it. It doesn't really matter. It's a it's a movie. Anyway, that's it. It's out there if you wanted to go check it out. Next up. Uh, there is a new teaser for DC Stargirl that introduces Stripe and the Justice Society of America. So that's pretty cool. So go check out that teaser video. Yeah, which is also kind of weird considering the JSAs also um, had been, including Stargirl, not this version, had shown up in the Arrowverse as recent as the last couple of years in uh, Legends of Tomorrow. So that's, it's kind of, I haven't seen this trailer yet, so I'm kind of curious as to how they play it. Um, next up, it's official. So we've talked about this in the past, but now it's an official official in that CW um, basically has ordered the Superman and Lois series to order. So, or has ordered a full um, season of the series. <laughs> Excuse me. So congrats to that series, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. Next up. <laughs> uh, next up, Grant, uh, Grant Gustin thanks. Spoiler alert for anyone who is not up to date on uh, the ending of the Crisis on Infinite Earths Me. crossover on the CW um, <laughs> for a Crisis DCEU cameo with candid set photos. So uh, Roddy Cat can turn off his audio. No, I'm already already knows it is. So it doesn't all right. So yeah. Man, so I pulled this uh, thing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's um, it was spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I'll ring the bell just in case there are people who have to catch it up, catch up on their DVRs or something. Uh, here we go. So surprise, surprise, surprise. Ezra Miller's Justice League Flash decided to show up on TV. Yeah, that was so. That was actually probably the biggest surprise. Of, uh, apparently, if you look at the internet's, because there are a lot of people. Because there are people that have taken from this and have started doing uh, their own, you know, 
DC movie crossover. And there even there was even one stupid tweet that I was like, and I think this was I'm hoping this was a joke, but I don't think it was. Basically said that um uh the Marvel the MCU never had this level of um of uh continuity that that the DC has, which and then somebody uh posted a picture of the first season of Agents of Shield where uh Sam Jackson as Nick Fury. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I'm like, what? So I was like, okay, yeah, there you go. But anyway, so this um what's that? So they're tripping. Yeah, I'm like, they don't remember that when, when I mean, um, Marvel TV actually, that. you know, tried to actively draw in, um, you know, MC. Well, right, all of the seasons from uh, from Agents of Shield were basically released after whatever movie was coming out yeah. at the time. So, um, but yeah, nevertheless, uh, that it is what it is. Fans are stupid. Um, so yeah, so this was an interesting and unexpected. Um, uh, crossover and also has like like I said have put other crossovers in other people's minds I believe I saw um, Supergirl um, the TV Supergirl with Henry Cavill's Superman which is kind of funny because there's already a Superman in this universe but nevertheless you know some folks dream casting the potential crossovers that could come out of this um and we don't know if there's actually any plans to do anything like that because they have, up until like a couple of years ago, they had stayed away from a lot. Of, the Arrowverse was was uh, supposed to stay away from a lot of stuff, and they even said that like none of the none of the Arrowverse people were never going to go to big screen, you know. And <laughs> even some of the properties like Batman weren't weren't even going to show up in the Arrowverse, which they kind of have with with Green Arrow, but even more so with Batwoman being a show now, you know. So that. Maybe things are changing. Maybe you know, if it's shock value. I don't know. But regardless, I am looking forward to seeing this. Even though I don't don't care too much for Ezra Miller, but um, he's the second Ezra that uh, <laughs> that I'm not too crazy about. Yeah. That's fun <laughs> for for possibly a slightly well same and or a different way. We don't know. But regardless, this was a treat for folks. And yet that I think the um, Arrowverse crossover is now officially over. So we will probably only have another two more weeks of news about it since we've had news about it for the last 10 months or so. Uh, next up, um, speaking of uh, that, uh, that cameo crisis producer worked around flashpoint film for Miller's flash cameo. Uh, so apparently, yeah, Mark Guggenheim uh, revealed that he worked, quote, unquote, hand in hand with DC Entertainment to make sure that everyone was on the same page as far as, you know, the um, the, the cameo in question. Now, I heard that the the cameo, the cameo was basically, you know, um, something as simple as they meet, they look at each other's co- costumes, and I think that was about it or something. I, can't, I don't know. Yeah, I, they have a little bit of interplay. Right. So... I, like I said, I'm just kind of looking forward to seeing that, but I, I have a good bit to catch up before that. That seems kind of fun. I still, I don't know what it means uh, outside of that. Still doesn't really say at this point. Probably nothing. Right. Uh, but regardless, you know, so, so the, basically the, the long and the short of it is like they, they, you know, Guggenheim and DC Entertainment and them and everybody involved tried to work, make sure everybody worked together to get you know, to get everything lined up so that this could happen. So, and apparently it did. So, cool. That works. Sure. Next up. Next up, uh, Lucifer 
uh, musical musical episode recruits singer Debbie Gibson. Shout out to the eighties. Yes, according to Entertainment. I say again. I said I think we're not alone now. Right. Uh, That wasn't Debbie Gibson. I know, but. That every was time, Tiffany, wasn't it? I know that, but that's the funny part about it. Because every time I think of Debbie Gibson, even though I know she's been, in, you know, she's that's not her. I've always think of that song for some stupid reason. That's funny. It's weird. Um, according to Entertainment Weekly, singer-songwriter Debbie Gibson will appear in the episode, which is entitled "Bloody Celestial Karaoke Jam." She will play Shelley Bittner, a controlling helicopter mother who won't let her teenage son JJ have any say in his own future. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, so musical musical episodes all the rage these days. There you go. They kind of are sort of, you know. Um, and matter of fact, yeah, check out the Flash and Supergirl ones. Those were, those were actually pretty good. Um, you can blame Buffy the Vampire Slayer for that. Anyway, um, in some possible news, HBO Max series stars a Green Lantern series stars two lanterns and Sinestro. Apparently, so there is a Green Lantern series in development at HBO Max, and it is an origin story of not one but two corps, corp, uh, core members. Um, you can, I would hazard a guess as to who those two uh, Green Lantern core folks would be. Just. Uh, you know, but also features uh, Sinestro, a longtime Green Lantern core villain who actually started out as the Lantern, if I'm not mistaken. In one, I don't know, mm-hmm. if that is that the his original canon or is that like something that came along later? No, I think that's original, yeah. I so I don't know because like my Green Lantern or whatever, but so he started out as a Lantern and then defected. Uh, that wonderful Green Lantern movie from then I'm stop, I'm not gonna, I'm not doing that. <laughs> We're not gonna. The less we say about that Green Lantern movie, the better. But basically, um, according to the rap, which I guess is some. So, I should caveat something because before we go further, I said last week that I was gonna try not to go through too many rumors stuff, mm-hmm. um, because and you will find out why with a, with a story that's coming up. But um, sometimes some you know. Sometimes you gotta let something slide, and sometimes you gotta you gotta know when to hold, fold them, know when to hold them, and know when to walk away, and all that kind of good mess. Yeah. That being said, hey, this show supposedly will be spanning several decades and focus on the origins of two major green lanterns on Earth, like I've already said, and Sinestro. So the show is still in development, um, but we don't know when it's going to happen. Uh, oh wait, it says uh, HBO's uh, Green Lantern series has not been announced. Uh, has not yet announced a cast or release date. The streaming service is due to launch in May 2020. So releasing, we know when that's going to happen. If not, the show. Next, uh, animated miniseries Aquaman, King of Atlantis, produced by the director of the 2018 DC movie James Wan, is heading to HBO Max. All Wan right. executive. Say again? I said, all right. (laughs) Juan will executive produce the three-part series, which picks up just as Aquaman takes over as King of Atlantis. I I guess we can reasonably assume that the voice characters of the the movie, uh, the the characters in the movie are going to show back up again, but we absolutely don't know that. No idea. Uh, so yeah, 
Um, no, 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 no. So we got a production team. We have showrunners on here, but yeah, we don't we don't have any other cast outside of that. Um, so I think these next couple we're going to take all in. I'll take these one, two, next three. Let's say. All right. Uh, because Star Wars Nine quietly killed off Nia Nub, but didn't tell anybody. Spoiler alert. Uh-huh. <laughs> so apparently, um, and I guess part of this is coming may may not be coming from the visual uh, dictionary. Who knows? Because that's pretty much where all information flow, and not the Duran Duran movie. Um, so recently there was some I don't want to call it debate, but basically got brought up the fact that um whether Nia Nub was alive or dead at the end of uh, of, um, of uh, Rise of Skywalker. Again, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie yet, but it has been a month almost, so sorry. Um, we, we last saw Nia Nub, and I don't even think we talked about this. I think we may have mentioned them on the Treasure Edition, which is basically still out there if you want to go check that out. Uh, Please do! Yes. We, yeah, we put some time and effort. We had to get some stuff off, off, off our chest. Uh, anyway, uh, we saw, based because of uh, Palpatine's big force lightning thing, we saw Nia Nub's uh, um, X-Wing go down, or spiral down, I should say, but we didn't see him crash or anything, so we don't know whether he made it or not. Basically, uh, going to the next story... Um, Star Wars writer confirms death of another classic hero in Rise of Skywalker, and that hero being Nia Nub from said um, uh, downward spiral from said lightning. So apparently, Nia Nub and the the fact that he didn't show up at the end during the celebration also, I guess, what sparked it for some people. So, according to one of the writers, it's confirmed that Nia Nub died, which I thought he did too, because I was like, well, we saw go down and even though we didn't see the body or the crash or anything that's you know <clears throat> I assumed that was it you know because I don't think because at the time of the, the lightning for the who knows where he was at the time like I don't think he got power back in time to not crash that's just me but anyway and that to to, um, to round this out apparently a Star Wars veteran denies report that Nien Num died in Rise of Skywalker so veterans Star Wars performer and Mike Quinn believes Nia Nub Num, uh, survived Star Wars Rise of the Skywalker despite confirmation from Ray Carlson, author of the film's official novelization, uh, which all that's what sparked it because um, even the the parody account for Nia Nub was like, uh, there's a novelization made to sell books and that's not canon. And I'm like, okay, you're stupid. Mm. Uh, um, but anyway, uh, so because of this book, you know, they're saying that it's perished and everything I just said, you know, prior to that is still whatever it is. So, and Quinn says, uh, yes, he survived. They would have shown the ship exploding. You see the tandem four coming into land at the end as they are celebration. You still don't see any nub though. And again, we got confirmation from most Star Wars writer. So I'm it is what it is on that one. It, I, I saw this saw this out there on the Twitters, and I was like, "This is kind of dumb, but also pretty good." Because <laughs> I saw oh. people going back and forth, and even the articles came out of it. Was kind of like the person was like, "Yeah, they may have killed off the end up, but nobody knows what's the truth or not." So, yeah. Anyway, next up, you gonna take the third one too? Or? Oh, that was the third one. 
the uh, the, the the dude that um that was... oh the dead all right so quietly killed off I gotcha I gotcha I gotcha yeah so Star Wars nine how Leia got back the Tansy got back the Tansy four in Rise of Skywalker okay so again uh, hey guess what you guess where this is uh where this information is coming from you'll never the, get uh, the visual dictionary hey goodness gracious i didn't even read the article you didn't have to <laughs> goodness gracious. so yeah apparently according to the, the visual dictionary the tent of four was stowed away into a, uh, an imperial shipyard i guess in uh Actually, I'm not sure when uh, another thing. It says basically goes through the time I heard she ended up getting the back before last Jedi. You, I'm not gonna go through all of that. I mean, it's not really not much, but still, it got taken. It got brought back some kind of way. Okay. Visual dictionary, yay! Next up, um, a Star Wars Battlefront two character could appear in the Mandalorian season two. Uh, not only this, I, I will go so far as to say because I didn't pull the rest of it, but also, um. Basically, because of a recent leak about uh, some things that could be going on in season two, um, there are some characters. Well, there are returning characters, and there are new characters that could potentially be joining the cast of the Mandalorian, including one uh, uh, Janina Gavin Carr, who played the main character of uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two the most recent Battlefront 2, because there's two of those, uh, who played a, an Imperial officer. But uh, this leak also mentions... Uh, matter of fact, the, the, leak, uh, the leak photo to the tweet is in, the, um, is in here. And if you're watching the video, you can see said leak uh, on the screen. And there's a couple of names, uh, or at least there's one other name that is of potential interest in the, uh, the form of Chloe Bennett as uh, Talana Afra. Ooh. Exactly. So Afra could possibly, Dr. Afra could possibly uh, be in The Mandalorian Season 2 if this uh, is correct. That's some pretty on-spot casting, too. Yeah, kind of. I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I didn't even think about that, but that's not terrible. Um, also, um, possibly uh, Mon Mothra may show up. Um, you said Mon Mothra. Yes. And Mon Mothra. Yes. I know, but I'm saying the way you said it. I know. I, you know I, I've, I have done that for ages. I'm like, I've always called her Mon Mothra for some stupid reason. Because then we're going to get the, 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 the little twin princesses around, you know, and singing Masura. <laughs> Masura. Exactly. So, yeah, but like I said, um, yeah, like I said, uh, according to this leak uh, or this tweet, because basically what happened was somebody tweeted uh, Janina Gavinkar and asked her, is this true because of what came out of the leak and, and showed the tweet. And basically she responded with, um, um, uh, basically say, hey, you have to ask uh, Dave Filoni. There you go. So, you know, one way or another, you know, it's either telling or not telling enough. Um, right. Oh, Bosk is also going to show up, but hey, it's Bonnie Hunter. I guess that makes some sense, some kind of way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But mostly it's people returning. But yeah, the whole thing with like Afro may potentially show up in Mon Mothra. Mon, Mon Mothra. She did it again. I know. I, that's it. I'm never going to not do that. This is going to happen. And uh, as well as um, 
Iden Versa, Jenny's a, a Gavin Carth character from Battlefront 2. Um, it's, it's some tempting news. That's It's pretty cool if it does end up happen like that. So, but we'll see if anything comes comes um, comes to light when the season two, because we do know that it's getting a season two. So, um, but we'll see. Next up, gotcha. So the other stormtrooper that beat up on Baby Yoda tells his tale that his name is Adam Pally. He's a comedian, and uh, he appeared alongside Jason Sudeikis in the last episode of season one, where Pally, as a scout trooper, commits the most heinous crime in the galaxy, that is punching Baby Yoda. Right. And again, if you haven't seen the old YouTube uh, um, Clark's um, video, you should go check that out. It has nothing to do with this, but I'm just saying it's, it's pretty good. Because especially if you have seen their interaction Minus the, the punching of Baby Yoda, the monsters. Um, it's pretty good. Next up, Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, this is a rumor, by the way. I should point that out right off ahead. That um, Disney Plus's Obi-Wan Kenobi show will feature... <sighs> Jar Jar Binks. Mm. But with a twist. So apparently, like I said, there's, again, this is why we don't follow follow rumors up. But the, the, this is not the story I was talking about. But... Nevertheless, um, some rumor site with a, apparently has a, a fairly decent track record for rumors says that a source told the outlet that the, the Gungan would meet up with Obi-Wan at some point in the series with early CG work has already been done. The source claims that Jar Jar will have a beard and his conversation with Obi-Wan will revolve around the rise of the Galactic Empire and maybe possibly this is me editorializing his fuck up in all of that happening. But hey, you know, of course. And there's no word if uh, the the guy who um, voiced um, who vo- who played um, Jar Jar is going to be returning. So who who knows? Ahmed Best. Exactly. Who I'm if I'm not mistaken, was didn't he have some troubles? I have no idea. I feel like there was some. He had some a little bit of troubles around him, uh, like after the fact. Not having to do with the character, but with some personal issues. But I don't know. No if this idea. Uh, regardless, if that's the case, boo. But hey, this we're gonna watch it anyway. So, <clears throat> okay. All right. Um, next up, Iron Fist's Jessica Henwick, who played uh, Colleen Wing. Um, for we find out that she auditioned for the part of Ray in uh, the Star Wars. Um, uh, sequel trilogy for six months and ended up not getting the part, which is a shame. It is. It would have been interesting to see a different take on the character in Jessica Henwick's hands. Mm-hmm. For sure. And apparently, I don't think I've, I'm fairly certain I did not pull this, but uh, apparently there was another version of, of um, I want to say Rise the trilogy. Huh? Rise of Skywalker? Um, the Colin Trevorrow script. Yes, yes, yes. Of that, that, there was that version that was um, apparently, you know, been talked about recently, and his version did had uh, Ray as a, basically as a nobody that um, um, that uh, Kylo Ben said mm-hmm. in the first place. So, but apparently, it's, I don't know. Some people are saying that they saw the script and it's actually pretty good, but I don't. Who knows? Who even knows? Who even cares at this point? We got what we got. Right. Exactly. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's what that is. Oh, by the way, I, uh, Rebels rewatch. Um, I am in the middle of season three, and all the reason why I'm bringing this up has nothing to do with what's anything that's been reported so far. But um, if you've been watching my tweet, tweets, you've seen a couple of uh, tweets around that. One of which being Sabine saying, "Sand it gets everywhere." <laughs> I didn't sand, even remember stupid that. Stupid sand it gets everywhere, and I thought that was that was funny as hell. Anyway, next up. Um, Taika Waititi courted for a Star Wars movie to, and the internet goes, yes, please, yes, please, God, yes, please. Sure. So you know he got affection for the characters. He he, he voiced the IG Eleven in which, Mandalorian. You speaking of that, I didn't pull this um, article either. But he's well, actually, maybe I did. No, I didn't. Um, there was an article saying that he has suggested that people do a petition to uh, bring back IG eighty eight. Which I found okay. funny, and kind of surprised that no one's done it before without his prompting. I don't think it's actually been done either, but still, it, it is out there. So yeah, so he's being courted with the Star Wars uh, movie. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually got one. You know, between him and the um, and the Russo brothers, I'm sure they could they could get almost any movie in in the franchise they want. Sure. So. We'll see if that if that, that bears out. I feel like at this point, it's probably going to happen. Next up. Marvel Studios is reportedly developing a new live-action Defenders project because now they've got the characters back and that moratorium on them using it, using them is pretty much almost over. So mm. good on you, Disney uh, Marvel Studios. We'll see. Psst, they'll still find some way to be like, nah. But yeah, well, if, if if this is if this uh, if this report is, has some wrinkling of truth, then we could potentially see that happening. Um, oops, there we go. Another rumor news is, and what I alluded to earlier: uh, Disney Plus Hawkeye series has been delayed indefinitely, except for uh, it has. Now, as a matter of fact, I'm going to take the next two. Uh, okay. Uh, it, according to uh, The Verge and a Disney representative that uh, told um, a reporter from The Verge that uh, those rumors are completely inaccurate. So, yeah, this is why I say you may not want to run, you know, sites may not want to run with rumors without actually finding out what's, what's, if there's some validity to it. I get it. You know, there are some, there's some juice in in rumor sites lord knows they're... they want clicks so what they want clicks yeah basically and i get that but you know at what cost but now again we don't know one way or the other because it it could have been delayed and you know this representative was basically saying hey you know tr- trying to trying to stamp out fires or it could have been completely inaccurate as i said and somebody just started something for no reason because let's face it there are people who don't want that uh that show to go on for sure for rental reasons. Uh, which brings me to the middle chapter of this in that, um, whoops. Um, after the initial rumor coming out, uh, Adrian Palicki offers to replace Hawkeye with Mockingbird series. Hmm. Or rather, she says after the, the, the piece in question, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, if you need someone, she says on her Twitter, I remember seeing this tweet too. I was like, yes, please. Anyway, she says, uh, if you need someone to take something to take its place, that being the Hawkeye show, I might have an idea. You have my number at Marvel 
and then it, it links to the um, it links to a GIF GIF of her fighting, uh, I believe from her first appearance in uh, uh, Agents of Shield, and also a link to the the um, article, you know, which started the rumor. Okay. So I would love it if there's a Mahogany um, because was, she was supposed to have one, if you recall, for ABC, and then they scrapped that. Mm-hmm. Or seemingly scrap that. So, you know, why she would want to work with him again, I don't know. Well, actually, that's not true. But whatever. So it is what it is. You know, we we don't know if that Hawkeye thing was actually true or not. But the the, the fact that she came out like that, I I, I love that part. Uh, next up, uh, Avengers Endgame won Best Action Movie at the Critics Choice Awards. So congratulations to them. Hmm. And in tow, I believe, uh, again, another article I did not put in uh, in the lineup, but I believe either Joker won or, the, or there was a think piece out there about Joker basically um, being the movie that, um, that kills the stigma on video game, oh, excuse me, on, on uh, comic book movies, you know, in winning awards. And someone properly uh, mentioned both Black Panther and Into the Spider-Verse. Right, because I'm sitting here like, yeah, that was a dumb thing to do. But also, like you just said, people trying to get clicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywho, Disney confirms the New Mutants is part of the MCU. Now, I read something that uh, this still may not be the case. Exactly. So, well, this, you can go on and tell the story, and then you know you can add in the part that we. It seems like we both read. So basically, according to a D23 uh, newsletter, um, there's a section in there that kind of mentions offhand new mutants being a part of um a, a part of um um mcu of the mcu that part has been taken out of the newsletter um uh not shortly after that as a matter of fact it says uh, oh never mind yeah but yeah that part has been taken out and you know they kind of it's been a backtrack on whether that is actually the case or not so we still don't actually know uh, if that is the case, which is weird that we have still have to go through that at this point, given the fact that well, okay, all of the pieces are back in place and all under one roof. Why couldn't it be? But again, this is something that's going to come up in us in a story in a minute, actually. Sure. Because did you have something else to add to that or? No. Okay. Um. Morbius trailer first look Jared Leto talks debut as the iconic um, <laughs> Marvel monster so yeah there's a trailer for the Morbius movie um, as a matter of fact we can go ahead and and, and put the next couple of bit together in because basically the trailer came out people picked it apart and there's a whole breakdown of everything we see and including something at the end of the trailer, which apparently alludes to the fact that um, Morbius may also be in some part of the MCU because um, right. because um, weirdly Adrian enough, Toombs. yeah, I was about to say yeah, Adrian, Adrian Toomes, Michael Keaton's Adrian Toomes shows up at the end of the uh, trailer, and there's also a Spider-Man symbol. Um, well, not a, not a, only a Spider-Man an symbol, image, yeah, yes, but there is also an image of Spider-Man and with the word "murder" on it, which doesn't, uh, which is doesn't seem to be from the 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 um, the um, 
the recent Spider-Mans, but the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Uh, it's, is, I mean, it's just a caricature, but what's right. what's interesting is that uh, the word murderer is written across in in a graffiti style, and that implies that it might be a re- that implies a reference to the events of uh, Far From Home. Right, but there's also a suggestion that it might not be from that, but it could be from some from Tobey Maguire. There's a couple of things that's weirdly going off there. Right. Um, because it says here the image bears a striking similarity to the Raimi era costume included with the, in, included with the PS4 Spider-Man game, although, like I said, the the, the murderer seems could be the reference to to uh, to, um, to uh, young Spidey. So, yeah, I don't know. It's first of all, this movie and Venom. I treat this movie like Venom. Neither one of them has a direct Spidey tie to it. In fact, Venom pretty much went out of his way not to have a tie to Spider-Man, which is the source material. Mm-hmm. So the fact that this one is doing this is playing with people's emotions um, and also having, um, you know, Michael Keaton's uh, Adrian Toomes at the end of it in a lab coat, no doubt, which is weird also, is kind of weird. Um, especially with Sony being like, look, no, this is ours. We're not tying it to the rest of the stuff unless we, unless, you know, unless we get more out of it so it's a whole thing I believe there's also um, I thought I saw something else that said that J.K. JK Simmons might have also been a part of this some kind of way I I might be wrong about that but I thought I saw something on that Uh, but regardless so that whole thing is is out there if you want to go watch that that trailer or if you have watched it already I don't know what you think but hey let us know did you watch it? I did what'd you think? I thought it was okay I mean you know the the surprises were nice, and I think that's probably what I got the most out of. Right, but there seemed like even with this character, um, there seemed to be some things that tied this character that wasn't shown for according to what some people are saying. You know, or this particular version of, you know, didn't show some things. But then again, I mean, it's a trailer, so it's only a teaser trailer, so maybe that stuff was left out intentionally. But basically, there was some divine, the, the seemingly defining Morbius stuff that was see, people thought that was left out and called into question. Anyway, we'll see. I don't know. This I probably won't watch this one either, but we'll see. Next up. Uh, where are we now? Silver Sony, Black. Pictures. Sony Pictures is reportedly developing Silver and Black as a TV series instead of a movie. This was the original... This was originally a concept uh, uh, for a movie featuring Silver Sable and the Black Cat as part of Sony's Spider Corner of the uh, of their corner of the Marvel Universe. Cat trap. Okay, and that was eventually uh, nixed, but now it's being redeveloped as a TV series. Yeah, and there's still no. Um whether because there was a recent uh, I don't know if I doubt if this is the one that ABC was talking about that we talked about last week that they were trying to do or if this was still something else for like Disney Plus or Netflix or something I doubt what else could be I doubt Netflix at this point but you know what I'm saying we don't know that much about it regardless outside of the fact that it's going to that they're transitioning to a show for all we know they could be doing like the the whole Disney uh, the, the Obi-Wan Kenobi thing and just still making the movie but breaking it into show biz because we don't know how far they got into it with it 
Anyway, next up, um, Snake Eyes production heads to Japan. So, yeah, guess what, folks? That, uh, As it should. Uh, well, yeah. Um, and you will see, see no uh, disagreement on that part. But uh, on January 20th, 2020, production on the G.I. Joe spinoff Snake Eyes officially moved to Japan to celebrate the cast and crew assembled to the to a shrine to receive a traditional blessing ahead of the beginning of shooting in Tokyo. So, cool. Um, yeah, that thing's still a thing. It's still going to happen. Next. Cartoon Network has posted the first episodes of Thundercats Roar online. So I did not know they were getting another reboot. Oh, yeah. Now, well, we talked about this a while ago, but uh, yeah, apparently it um, it happened. And I'm saying the same thing I said then. I'm still not crazy about that art style. It's also kind of funny that um, somebody was like, um, some somebody posted an image from this and another project that somebody um, who was on both projects was uh, attached to and uh, basically was saying like hey this is basically this is amateur all there was all they were saying like hey this is amateur and this is professional now which one is whatever and then the person who was on both uh, things was like I worked on both so I don't see how that has anything to do with anything it's an artistic choice I'm still not crazy about it. I may check it out. I didn't get a chance to check out this, though. But it's out there if you want to. Uh, Next up, uh, Star Trek Picard gets renewed for season two ahead of his debut. And um, I will go ahead and add that one. uh, Sir Patrick Stewart now has a star or has his footprints on the the, the Walk of Fame. Congrats to them. uh, Where he and... um, he and Sir Ian McKellen shared a nice little kiss and setting the internet ablaze along with some pictures of him and, and some suits. That is has nothing to do with uh, that, but just so happened to come along at the same time. I feel like we knew about um, the season two already. Mind you, season one hasn't started yet. In fact, it doesn't start till next week at the time of this recording on the 23rd. So the fact that we already got a season two when we weren't really expecting, we don't know what to expect out of season one. That's, I guess I say something, but this is also something that's also came up before. Cause I feel like, um, this is basically confirmation of that. And it's been said like probably weeks ago. Next up. Uh, next up, uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Tony Harris's Ex Machina has been optioned as a feature film by Legendary Entertainment, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Um, the film adaptation has been renamed The Great Machine, um, which is the politician slash hero's vigilante name in the comic, to avoid confusion with the 2015 sci-fi film Ex Machina. Cool. Or probably the video games, but... <laughs> Which are, are Deus Ex Machina, so I doubt that part was whatever. So yeah, so another comic to film, cool. Um, Matthew A. Cherry lands Oscar nomination for Hair Love, and um, if you've not seen that short, short, it is quite cute. You should go check that out. So congratulations to um, uh, him and everybody involved in that. And that is it for the uh, cinematic news. 
We will I, now. Alex, wonder if our invitations were really us. Okay, sorry. I was about to say, was that our transition? I was about to hit this one. No, that was a stupid autoplay uh, from a, uh, an article I was going to bring up from the clickbait section, but I'm not going to. Gotcha. Uh, so now we transition over to, like uh, Agent 70 said, to the comic news, and we start off with temperatures, temporal travesties and rats overrun Central City in The Flash Giant number two. So, I don't know, have you been picking up any of those um, books? I guess you're not near a Walmart, though, so you kind of can't. Nope. I have so many tr- – you don't remember all the problems I had trying to get a worthy Captain America from a non-existent Walmart within right. the five boroughs of New York City? <laughs> right. So, yeah, apparently these this books must be – and that last time I sent – been over to that section, there's a bunch of these books in that section. That's not really saying much, but maybe I guess they're selling enough to keep going. Like I remember going in there, like when they first started, and seeing people kind of run through the run through them to, to kind of find certain certain books, and now right. it's just like you know, different issues of different stuff that are in there, and I'm fairly certain Walmart's not really caring about upkeep, so, or at least that that much. So I guess that's good. Anyway, the reprint stories in this issue are basically from some old Flash books, in, in addition to uh, the lead story, which is done by Gail Simone and Clayton Henry. And which is called the Accelerator and the Infinitesimal, which I guess uh, if this um, picture is any any indication, guest stars the uh, the the Atom. So cool. Next, Wonder Woman number seven fifty. Gail Simone confirms the return of fan favorite, really, character <laughs> Star Blossom. It might be not be to you, but I mean, this is next week. Uh, Wonder Woman seven fifty drops next week. Mm-hmm. Penny McGill, oh no, Peony McGill, uh, otherwise known as the hero Star Blossom, first appeared in a short story entitled Big Things One Day Come in the Wonder Woman 75th Anniversary Special, written by Gail Simone and drawn by Colleen Duran. Uh, it's a young girl who recently came into her powers, being given a certain amount of control over plant life. Okay. Not, not Poison Abbey, though. Right. So, yeah, I never, this is, I think this is my first time, um, Hearing about this character, but then again, I don't. I haven't checked out Wonder Woman in a minute, so cool. Um, next up, expect more DC titles to revert to legacy numbering after Wonder Woman and the Flash. So apparently, uh, according to this article, the that whole the 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 legacy numbering is not a gimmick, quote unquote, and right. that more books will possibly um, will possibly get it because it says here the publisher has recently met with great success with action comics and detective comics 1000 uh and the quote is and you'll see that happening with a couple of of other books it will not happen with every series but will certainly be happening with some of the key books um i would assume justice league is probably going to end up being one of them would make some sense i guess i guess yeah anyway so yeah so more legacy numbering um, happening. Next up. Dan DiDio has pledged that no future DC Black Label titles will be solicited until on-time shipping is certain. Shipping delays has plagued all of the books. Not some, all of the books that have come out under DC Black Label. <laughs> 
So yeah, so they, the, this is basically him. This is basically him. Like, we will not. Thing I'm trying to remember that quote from um, from the bottles and James commercial, but I I don't. But basically, the the, the long and short is like, yeah, we're not gonna be um, releasing in the book until we're sure they're gonna be ready to come out. Yep. So, which, cool, good. Um, speaking of uh, old Dan DiDio, he says that uh, Doomsday Clock's scheduling issues made it quote unquote made it difficult to align unquote with DCU, which. Yeah, an event two years in the making, literal two years in the making for a 12 issue series, which, um, you know, has costed our Agent 70 a one crisp dollar bill. Mm. Um, go figure, it's kind of sticky to work around. Damn you, Doomsday Clock. <laughs> it's kind of sticky to work around because of, uh, and I still don't know if whether it had anything to do with anything overall. It didn't sound like it did for the most part. Right, but I didn't read it, so I don't know. Uh, we may be talking about it more in the the hopefully soon to be coming uh, in the year thing. We got recording at some point soon, hopefully. Next up, uh, excuse me, DC drops first look at adult only Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey series. So, you know, the inevitability happens in that hey, the movie happens and there's a, a tie in book. Except for, I don't know if it's a tie-in to the movie, but it just so happened to be named uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, and it's a comic book series that's going to be written by uh, Harley Quinn writers Amanda Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, Palmiotti. Um, also illustrated by Amanda Connor and colored by Paul Mounts. Uh, the series will be published through DC's Black Label imprint, with the creative team taking full advantage, uh, advantage of the mature reader's format. So, uh, DC has released a black and white preview of the open issue, so creating the full tilt into the no hold, uh, no holds barred sex violence as Harley Quinn Harley meets with Power Girl before embarking on a bloody rampage of her own. Blah 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 blah. So yeah, there's a book coming, just in time for the movie, or around time of the movie. In fact, I can't remember if this is the one that got pushed back. What? What's up? Nothing. I was just looking at something funny. Okay. Cool. Next up. Well, we just covered this. Robin arrives in the future in Legion of Superheroes number three. Uh, I just spoke about this in my uh, uh, rapid fire review of uh, the book. So if you're interested, take a look. It's out this week. Yep. DC first look. uh, Batman Pennyworth, RIP number one. So, yeah. So uh, DC believes readers are wondering what Batman and Detective Comics will look like without Alfred. And next month, uh, Batman Pennyworth, RIP number one, 48-page special, looks to shed light on the topic and eulogize the beloved sorting character. So I guess Alfred's like dead dead now, huh? Like, I wonder if they're... Uh, For now. Well, I don't know. Again, like I said, well... I was about to say, I said something similar with Marvel, and they did bring uh, some people back. Actually, they brought a lot of people back, so never mind. Yeah. Uh, we'll see, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, next up. Uh, DC <laughs> celebrates Catwoman's 80th uh, anniversary with Super Spectacular. So on April 15th, the publisher plans to release Catwoman 80th anniversary Super Spectacular number one. A one-shot anthology similar to the recent ones for Action Comics number 1000 and Detective Comics number 1000. Um, 
okay, it's just going to exist as a standalone issue. Yes. It's not going to have legacy numbering. Right. And there's some some creators of note that is going to be um, on, on this book, including one Paul Dini. Okay. So. Cool. And then the rest is an article. Um, is an interview, rather. Um, next up, the most dangerous hero to the, mul- the DC multiverse is... Spoilers, and this is a um, spoiler for Hawkman number twenty, I suppose. Um, and I guess Hawkman is the most dangerous one we're talking about. I don't know. This is still some stuff coming out of Dark Knight's Metal. I don't know. And dealing with that, I guess that Batman who laughs mess that's been going on. I don't know what he's doing right now. Moving right along. <laughs> nice, nice. Teen Titans Beast Boy takes what animal challenge in new Piccolo art? Yes, so Gabriel Piccolo uh, is an artist who was, um, well, I don't know if this is how it happened, but this is how I feel like it happened. So he was an artist who was putting a lot of stuff on Instagram um, with his redesigns of the Teen Titans, specifically uh, Raven and Beast Boy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I believe that is how he ended up getting the job on... uh, um, um, the the Raven book that came out with a uh, Kami um, I can't remember her name. Um, but regardless, I have enjoyed uh, Kami Garcia. Thank you. Um, uh, and uh, I said this 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 dude needed more work because I loved his uh, reimagining. But yeah, he ended up doing that um, that Instagram challenge, uh, and he put it out on Twitter, uh, mm. to which you can see the results if you uh, you are watching the video and or. Uh, follow which you should he's got some great stuff that he posts posts on instagram gotcha so next all right um dc comics just debuted a spider-man so apparently uh what is it the dial h for hero guy in justice Okay, so yeah, apparently, um, so Dial H for Heroes, an ongoing thing with Sam Humphreys, and and uh, who, I can't remember who the artist is. Uh, apparently, Bendis must have used him in uh, Young Justice number twelve, which I still haven't read yet. Right. Uh, and the character that happened to come out out of that is a Spider Man ish like character, which, um, hey, guess what? Brian Michael Bendis is writing Young Justice. Just so happens to have written a good bit of Spider-Man in the past, uh, including birthing one Miles Morales, or co-birthing one Miles Morales, I guess you could say. Um, actually, there might be another. I, and this is me adding this, and and not them. But um, uh, I do remember there was a version. There was a um, a a um, character in the Young Justice animated series that uh had also had uh some would say spider-man like uh powers or abilities and was also being voiced by uh a spider-man or a voice a spider-man voice actor so i feel like some part of it was part of that also but probably not nevertheless that was a thing that happened um so i need to catch up on this book okay uh, next up, uh, comics graphic novel sales up 2.23 percent in 2019 as Watchmen and Detective top the charts. 
So Marvel was the top publisher while DC sold a lot of Batman books. Guess what? Mm. Water is wet. That's generally how things go. Yeah, sadly. But it has no- so basically, can't guess what, folks. It has nothing to do with diversity. It has nothing to do with, um, you know, what folks are saying is uh, forced agendas in comics when the, the stupid books that I keep selling are the same books, same old stuff. Anyway, uh, that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother situation. Exactly. Uh, according to the image publisher, the industry is still grappling with monthlies versus original, original graphic novel format. Yeah, apparently that is the thing that's come up recently as that uh, the whole debate about, well, the whole direct market thing versus month to month or whatever, or, or mm-hmm. whatever other things going around that situation uh, has come back up again recently. Um, coincidentally, around the time of that last article, but, you know, <laughs> uh, it is what it is. So, yeah, so there were some um, creators going out there kind of talking about that. You can kind of read more about that and in this article, or at least uh, Newsarama's view of it. And I guess going along with that, uh, the next story, uh, Image Publisher says, there are way too many books for comic stores to handle. I agree with that. Yeah, that, that is kind of true. Uh, one of the, it says here, one of the biggest big problems facing the comic industry is way too many books, quote-unquote, according to Image Comics publisher Eric Stevenson. Uh, Comic book stores can't keep up with ordering them. There's just too many to keep track of, and if a specialty market catering to this specific type of content is overwhelmed by the amount of books being published, that's going to be an issue for other sales channels, Stevenson said. Uh, he goes on to say that worse is it going to trickle down to readers because at five, four and five dollars an issue that limits the number of comics someone can reasonably afford within a single month or every month. Also true. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is an expensive uh, hobby. <laughs> it is. It is. Even with whatever discounts you might get. Exactly. You know, I I uh, I had occasion to. Uh, I didn't even realize this because I don't pull my books at Midtown Comics, but they changed their discount, their their pull list uh, discount slash rebate where you have to spend. It used to be you spend a hundred bucks to get twenty dollars back, so that was essentially a twenty percent discount. Mm-hmm. Now it's you spend one hundred twenty dollars to get twenty bucks back. Mm. So you know it's it's definitely a step in the wrong direction for us collectors yeah see i think my shop at least the last time i was frequented it uh frequented it on the regular which sadly i haven't been able to do as of recent um they basically give you one of those stamp sheets you know how you would get in certain certain places where you get over say like you you buy over 20 dollars worth of stuff you get a stamp you fill that stamp off you get a gift card for like or, or you get a, a, a rebate or something. a rebate thing for like 20 25 dollars something like that yeah right so, I don't know if it's, he's still doing that. I hadn't seen him in a minute. So, but yeah, it's 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 a it's a hard market because because there's a lot of we've even said it, there's a lot of books that come out every week with the exception of weeks like this. But yep, it's a lot to kind of take in and definitely a whole lot if you're especially trying to keep up and and going to the the, the, the local comic book shop, which you should. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, move right along. Uh, excuse me, I can take this. <clears throat> Ooh. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two receives a second printing. I still have yet to read the, the first issue of this. 
Um, so yes, that crossover, which is at this point, I want to say, I think it's three issues in at this point, but the first issue ended up getting the second printing and now the second issue has done the same. So it must be good. I mean, it was, this, this was a crossover that was bound to happen. I have said that before. So I, I'm, I need to go ahead and just catch up on Power Rangers and, and, and uh, this, this particular, which has nothing to do with those, but uh, this particular uh, crossover because my curiosity has been there for a minute. Uh, next up. Speaking of this crossover, at the end of Mighty Morphin, spoiler alert, at the end of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two, it's a good thing they didn't add Saban's um, in there because that would have been just a really long title. Totally, because there is one of the books that's like basically Saban's Go Go Power Rangers, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Yeah, we got to see an awesome Green Ranger Shredder um, mashup, basically. Mm-hmm. And now Boom Studios is giving us a better look at the evil-looking super bad guy. Okay. Which is probably why the book went into second second printing. We can, I guess we can kind of assume. Right. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking this out, like I said. So, uh, I'll hopefully by the time the next one uh, comes out, I'll be caught up. We'll see. Um... Here's a preview for Marvel's Spider-Man The Black Cat Strikes number one, uh, which is sound like it's in the same universe as the um the other game reverse books. So what? This was out this week. Yes. It's yep. uh so yeah, there's a preview for it if you're interested in it, but it is out this week. Uh, neither one of us read it, so it doesn't matter. Nope. But yeah, this is in the same universe as the other Spider-Man Velocity and uh, City at War books that have come out previously. Right, this is the PS4 universe. Basically. So, yeah. Next up, and I believe, wait, is there, um, I want to say there's an Avengers book out. No, I think that was last week. Yeah, that Thor book was. But they are coming out regularly. Right. There's a Thor book set set in the same universe from the the upcoming Avengers game that uh, came out last week, if you're interested. Anyway, some good news to one uh, Matt Wang Hey, it works. A new Power Pack limited series by writer Ryan North and artist Nico Leon will launch in April following the events of the of the outlawed uh, one shot, which will make it illegal to be a superhero on Earth in the Marvel Universe if you're under 21. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. And now I have to read this because of the Nico Leon art, which I never thought I'd see my hear myself say something like that. (laughs) But I love Nico Leon's art. So this this, you know. Damn you, Matt Wang. That's all I'm going to say. That's cool. You had something to do with this. I know you did. And I'm pointing at the camera like you can see me, but you can't. So, oh, I know. Next up, uh, speaking of Outlawed, uh, which is news I think we kind of alluded to or called up to, but when we were talking about incoming, um, or it just basically worked out because it was already out there like that. Night Thrasher resurrects the new warriors after Outlawed. Um, so again, if you read the incoming uh, one-shot book from a couple of weeks ago, you know Night Thrasher shows up, and we kind of postulated that yeah, this is probably leading to the new Warriors. They even even he the character even mentioned, hey, we should get back together when he was talking to Nova. So mm-hmm. We kind of speculated that they were going to do something with that, and sure enough, here it is. Um, and again, we even said then it was like you know the new Warriors know a little thing about um, having issues. 
uh, having been the ones starting the Civil War in the first place, a Civil War in the first place. Mm-hmm. So they would know the two about some uh, illeg- uh, illegal superheroing, as it were. So, uh, let's see, the classic team of Night Thrasher, Namorita, Speedball, Rage, Firestar, and Silhouette. Uh, no Nova. Exactly. No Nova. No, no, Nova, no uh, well, I think the Vans Astro. I feel like I saw an article say that um, Vance Astro may be involved, but it might be with the Empire thing. I can't remember, but um, Justice is going to be show up somewhere. But yeah, noticeably absent was uh, was Nova, but I think because of incoming, we now know why, or we knew why. So, right. so yeah, that's um, that's the thing that's happening. It's going to be written by Daniel Kipplesmith, um, who was the writer on the recent uh, Loki uh, series that was canceled, and artist uh, Luciano Vecchio. So, you looking forward to it? We'll see. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it depends on how Outlaw, Outlaw kind of mm-hmm. presents itself, I guess. Because if it's just like Civil War 3. Point, you know, 2.5 or 3.0 or whatever. Right. I don't know how to feel about it. Next up. Right. So uh, fans of the latest iteration of the champions do not despair. <laughs> Our new champion series will be the main book launching in the wake of Marvel's Outlawed one-shot with writer Eve Ewing carrying the shockwaves of the ban on teen superheroes forward, along with artist Simone DeMeo. So this ex- uh, the series unites Kamala Khan, Miles Morales, and Sam Alexander, and likely a few more. Yeah, and this if you're watching the video, you can see what looks to be the cover for the... Um... Uh, of the, the of that issue and um yeah it seems like um when miss marvel kamala khan might be um front and center in more ways than just one mm-hmm. um so yeah i'm looking forward to this i like that i enjoyed um I, I love the champions you also do and uh you know e-viewing did did a pretty great job on riri uh williams's uh iron heart book so happy to see her get more work um, Captain America, the end postponed to three weeks. So I could just one didn't Captain America already have a, a the end? I think so. So, and this kind of goes against what we said last week, but we also wasn't really sure. Um, that, that, that will bear some investigation, but regardless, uh, the final Captain America story is going to happen. It's been delayed. Uh, Eric Larson's writing it and, uh, actually writing it and doing an art on it, excuse me. And the covers by Raza. Um, but it's been delayed for some odd reason. Uh, it says, yeah, the publisher informed retailers of the schedule change this week not while not giving a reason for the change, probably because of who's on the book. That's speculation. I don't know. Could be unfounded. Could be other reasons. Who knows? Um, there was also a, a Venom the End that came out this week. Neither one of us read it. Right, and apparently this is a spoiler for the next story is a spoiler for the events of this issue uh-huh. where in uh, Iron Man apparently is a somewhat it takes on a somewhat villainous role to battle against Venom in the last war of the Marvel Universe. OK. 
and that's again, probably you know instrumental in the end of Venom. Yes, and again, is okay. So is this Tony? Is this AI Tony? Is this actual Tony? Oh wait, no. it, oh, so it says when the ASI taking the form of Tony. So I guess it's AI. So I guess that's still playing into what's going on currently. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Those those DM books are weird. Anyway, a classic Avengers lineup assembles for Empire. And that lineup looks to be, if this um, cover is an indication, Captain America, Iron Man, Hulk, uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch, Thor, and Quicksilver. Um, I don't know. I, again, I think at this, around these parts where we're a little... We're still a little bit evented out, but at the same time, it piques my interest. Like, mm-hmm. Outlaw, between this and Outlaw, kind of piques my interest. Sure. Because this seems to be Kree Scroll War uh, Part 3. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess, 2. I don't know. Uh, that, that, you know, just, there's been some scuffles in the past. That's that lend itself. Right. I mean, I enjoyed the last big event there was, you know, War of the Realms. Oh, yeah, totally. So, this isn't on that same scale but at the same time we have had events you know a couple of events since then of middling quality right so it right. feels like and we they, just keep going from, even, they're, event, they're, from event to event like we've been yeah. doing yeah I was about to say they're really only events in in not even name only but just in, in you know it doesn't they're not like that line wide uh, all encompassing event so they're these sure. mini events so right it's, it's, it's an event if you Involving the Avengers and the Fantastic Four, right? Yeah, it's, it's the line wide events to pretty much cover all the books, and the and the one little ones are you know sectional in whatever uh, corner right. of the universe. But still, if you read enough of those books in the set corners of universe, that's mm-hmm. the whole lot. Like we kind of tend to do, and it gets to be a good bit. But hey, it's coming in April. We'll see what's happening. That's a one shot. Um, that's that they're talking about. I think it's the one that kicks it off. Uh, next up, speaking of Empire. Speaking of Empire, Empire is going to have a handful of tie-ins, or at least a few tie-ins that have been announced so far. Um, There's going to be an Avengers one-shot and a three-issue Spider-Man miniseries coming out of Empire. There's an Empire Avengers number one written by Jim Zub and illustrated by Carlos Magno and features a cover by Steve McNiven. And uh, the uh, Spider-Man tie-in book is written by Taron Killam, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. Formerly oh, of Saturday Saturday Night Live. Wait, who? Taron Killam. Um. Yes. Huh. There you go. I read that. Yeah, I just read this. I read the story at some point during the week. So. Right. Yeah, okay. I didn't read that that far, but um. So cool, yeah. Uh, I think you already said it, but Zeb's doing the the Avengers one. Mm-hmm. Um. So cool. And also, while we're at it, Oh no! Which which I've been. That's all I've been hearing when I when 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 this uh, event comes up. Anyway, um. <laughs> The new mutants just advanced. It's not Cookie and 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 Terrence. No, I thought about them, but the less I think about that show, the better. I don't. I don't. I have not watched. I don't that watch show. that show at all. I just I neither know. do I. My wife watches that show. I don't. I, I will not watch that show. 
anytime I see Terrence Howard, I'm just like, oh, he's exactly. gonna call somebody Maine. He's gonna call somebody Maine, Maine at some point. Pretty much. Maine. Okay. I, I love. I love. Um. Uh, um. Um. I, oh Lord, I can't remember her name. I, I love Cookie, but you know she's 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 awesome. Whatever. But no. Uh, no, not gonna happen. Not gonna work. Anyway. Next Next up, the New Mutants just have ended one of the X-Men's darkest moments. This comes from New Mutants number five, which we did talk about last week, but we didn't mention, well, we kind of alluded to the fight they had uh, uh, in the midst of the issue uh, with the Shi'ar Death, uh, I want to call them Death Troopers because I got too much Star Wars on the brain, but Mm -hmm. um, the Death Commandos and they handily took care of which, you know, the X-Men in the past have had a run-in and, uh, you know, had issues with in the past. Going back to, I think it says here, actually. Uh, going back some ways. It was a sneak attack. So what? It was a sneak attack when they came to take out Rachel. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Uncanny X-Men 467. Yep. Uh, Chris Claremont and Chris Bacolo, which I didn't know Chris yep. Bacolo did. Um, he had a, He's had solid runs on Uncanny. Huh. I don't remember that. That's cool. Anyway, so yeah, so basically revenge has been had. <laughs> um, yeah, go check out the new book, Mutants book. It's pretty good. Next up. Next up. Uh, Marvel is going to launch a new X-Factor series coming out of Hox Pox and Dawn of X. Yeah, this is something that's that's kind of been... Um, so it's actually a, another new, I guess, um, that's not necessarily new because they've kind of been detective. X-Factor's kind of been a detective. Right, they just have a before. new mission. Yeah, so this is basically they are doing what seems to be the, the, the homicide work. Uh, homicide, life on the street. That's Thorcore. We can't, don't step on that. Anyway, um, they're basically doing the, the, the homicide for, the homicide work for the uh, uh, deceased mutants right which basically you know, they're to investigate it but not to avenge them because they don't have to avenge anything exactly yeah they're, they're just doing the, the leg work to find out what's what which we have seen some bits of in the course of uh like x-force so i guess this is you know that's just going to be broken out into this section um does it say who's going to be on the team we see oh yeah here we go um uh i boy oh god rachel gray <laughs> Prodigy, who I thought lost his powers, but apparently since yeah, I was gonna say since Ox Fox. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Polaris, Dokken, well, yeah, and Dokken, not the group, but Wolverine's son. Well, that's how we're supposed to pronounce it. So yeah, I know. Protect your chicken from Dokken. Also, was a stupid commercial that I heard. Anyway, so yeah, that's the group. It's going to be um, Leah Wilson. Williams, excuse me, is going to be uh, writing this, and who's on the art? David Baldion, who was um, who was um, who's I guess doing Gwenpool, but who was also doing um, um, Domino's book. His art was great, so I will probably check this out. Okay. Next up, um, X Men crossover coming with big plans for December. Which we got to hold another twelve months to go, folks. So uh, that's a good ways off. Uh, X Men group editor Jordan D. White says that a Dawn of X crossover is in the works, with big plans for Marvel's mutants coming in December. 
which I, I had to look at the date for this uh, article when I saw that. I was like, wait, is this old news or in? That no, I, like a full year away. I know. Yeah, I know. Because I was like, well, okay. We're... I mean, they're gonna give Dawn of X room to breathe. Oh, clearly. And then they're gonna move into the big crossover, which makes sense. I mean, because it's really just, just getting off the ground. So you know. Yeah, I mean, they're still launching new titles. Right. We haven't yeah. even gotten the Wolverine book off yeah, the that's ground not until next month. So. Yeah. So we've announced a couple of new books and have a few more to announce, according to uh, Jordan White. Uh, we've got a big X-Men crossover we're working on that I'm pretty excited for. Uh, we've actually got some plans for next December that are really fun if they come together the way we want them to. Uh, he didn't reveal any further details on the planned crossover or subsequent uh, December event. We will probably find out in a good uh, eight months when the solicits come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, while White previously mentioned the possibility of a Donald X line crossover, which it kind of sort of already has in a way, uh, following the launch of last year's X-Men 1. So yeah, and then it goes on with all the titles. So look forward to seeing more news on that in as the year progresses, I guess. All righty. Next. We're in the home stretch, folks. Yes, we are. Um, Marvel Comics is going to republish... Uh, the seminal X-Men graphic novel God Loves, Man Kills this April in a special two-issue director's cut edition that includes a brand new story from original creators Chris Claremont and Brett Anderson. This was originally published in 1982 as Marvel graphic novel number five. Uh, The story was adapted for the plot of X2, the second X-Men film. The Claremont and Anderson new story will be a modern day framing device for the classic tale. That makes things that makes uh the the value of this rebuy a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I was not I definitely was not in the position to buy God Loves Man Kills when it first came out because it was way too expensive yeah. for my seven year old self. So Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I was like reading Secret Wars or whatever else and whatever other Avengers books and not thinking too much about that. Well, I was, I was probably just starting to get into X Men because of I mean I was looking at X Men, but I definitely wasn't buying anything that expensive. You know, like right. graphic novels, forget it. Right. So so yeah. Good. Yeah, and I still don't think I've read it. But hey, guess what? It's out. I'm fairly certain it's probably out there on Comic Solid. I've read it. I, I read it a long time ago, so it's been a while. I may have actually bought it off of Comic Solid. Now that I think about it, before Unlimited came along, but uh, I don't have to check. Um. Anyway, next up, you got this. Um, I, think, I thought you did. Anyway, Mahmoud Azrar takes over X Men. I was like, eight. no, I just did the God Loves Man Kills one. That's why. Right. Um, Mahmoud Azraris takes over X-Men number eight. Uh, so as of, yeah, okay. The, Mahmoud Azraris stepped in as the new artist of March 11th's X-Men number eight, replacing originally solicited R.B. Silver. Marvel didn't give any reason for the exchange, which, for the change, which, you know, that seems to be the, the boilerplate. Um, Ezra is currently the X-Men cover artist and recently finished a run as interior artist on Conan the Barbarian. This will be his fifth stint as an X-Men artist, previously drawing Ultimate X-Men, Wolverine and X-Men, X-Men Red, and Uncanny. So, cool. All righty. Next. Next up, uh, Deadpool co-creator Fabian Nitieza is branching out to pro to write prose novels. He has sold a series called Suburban Dicks 
to Putnam Berkeley, as in suburban private investigators. Yes, <laughs> but still, chuckles, chuckles abound. Exactly. I mean, obviously, there's a double entendre there. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, and why he's, he he looks like uh, the Kid Mero to me, an older Kid Mero, and this, but we're not gonna go there. So cool. Yeah, he's getting into pros. That's that's awesome. Yerp. <laughs> nice. Uh, Let's talk tampons. You know, those little things you put in your body month after month. Most of us will use about 10. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, auto-playing videos. I hate you so. Man, that woke me up. I'm falling asleep here, ladies and gentlemen. That's okay. We only got a couple of a couple to go. Uh, thank you, auto playing uh, ads. Anyway, uh, Square Enix delays Avengers game to fall 2020. Yeah, I was about to say, talk about being, you know, talk about an apropos uh, wake up call for this news because we were just talking about the Marvel comics, mm-hmm. video games, and now this game is delayed until the fall of 2020. So. I wonder if they're going to delay the release of those books or not. Doesn't seem like it. Um, They'll just continue to prove as a, to be a primer for uh, the 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 Square Enix take on the Avengers. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, the, so the release date is now September fourth, twenty twenty. The news also coincides, which yeah, sometimes I hate fandom because uh, people were like, "Oh man, why is it taking so long?" Blah, blah 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 blah. Why can't it come out sooner? I'm like, dude, if they rush this this stuff, you'd be complaining about it. If they don't rush the stuff and it came out on time, you'd be complaining about it. They're 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 trying to polish it up a little bit more, which I think is the case here. Um, uh, and you complaining about it? Chill out. Just calm it. Anyway, this the news coincides with the delay of the Final Fantasy VII remake. Uh, another much anticipated Square Enix game. So, yeah. Just chat. Give more time. Hopefully, it'll be good. People still complaining about the faces on that thing, and I hate it. Not the faces, but the the complaints about them. Like it ain't supposed to look like the 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 MCU or the comics. Anyway, random. I mean, that's my rant. Next up. All right, so a new list of graphic novels being published by 2000 AD has been unveiled um, for uh, the publishing year 2020. Um, There's going to be uh, a superb balance between the best of 2000 AD's newest material while presenting old classics in fresh ways, including a new collector's edition of Pat Mills and Simon Bisley's seminal industry-changing slain the Horned God coming out in May and revisiting the beginning of John Wagner and Carlos Escara's Mutant Bounty Hunters Strontium Dog with Strontium Dog Search and Destroy coming out in June. Cool. Yeah, I've actually heard, I think I may have heard of Strontium Dog that first one. I have not. I've heard of both, Slain and Strontium Dog, but I I really have only ever seen them on a rack somewhere on a table at a con, never never bothered, I hate to say it, never bothered to try to open and read it, so. Yeah, and we don't get any 2000 AD around these parts either way. Um, right. Yeah. Or, yeah, there's to be surprised to know that there's some stuff we don't actually get, despite all the stuff we do actually get. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, that is it for the news, but I wanted to bring up this other in the, the variant corner section, and this will wrap us up in that boss log is it. Um... Uh, I'm sure if you've been out there on the Twitters long enough, you have run across uh, some of his work. Uh, Boss Logic celebrates 150 issues of Carol Danvers with 
a variant variant cover. So I believe this is the first work that has been done. So Boss Logic is an artist that has done a lot of um, mock-ups for, you know, um, movies and and such. He started out as a fan artist, but Correct. then he worked. You know, he worked on his craft so much that he actually got hired by actual studios to do uh, um, movie stuff, movie, right. movie posters and whatnot. But he still does some fan stuff for fan art still on the side because you can see if you go to you know if you go to his Twitter, you can see stuff he still puts out every now and then. Um, sure. And apparently, some of his stuff caught the eye of Marvel, which yeah, no, no surprise there. And right, you got this. Um, Ferret cover, which you uh, see here. Actually, it looks like Mark Brooks's cover right there. So here we go. Yeah. If you're watching Twitter, you can see his cover. Mm-hmm. Dude does do some not only good work, but convincing work in in some cases. Right. Because uh, I've had some people be like, "Hey, is this real?" and showed me a thing, you know, of 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 his of his uh mockups. So good on him, I guess. Um, but anyway. That is it, and I guess that is yeah. That is definitely going to come out uh, when Captain Marvel sixteen comes out. Uh, whenever that is, and that is it for the news. Uh, before we end the show, another ad read, please, sir. Our last ad read of the night is for Amazon because you know I'm tired. It's time to get through the last ad read of the night. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, apparel, etc. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Comic Book Chronicles podcast Free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Yeah, I, I don't put up my Amazon because it would show my Amazon page and no one needs to see that. Exactly. Um, and I don't feel like logging out, which is real stupid because that's the that's probably the worst thing you could do in these in these Internet streets right now, especially with Amazon. Amazon and Apple and everybody watching it and listening to everything you do, creepily enough. Anywho, um, we have come to the end of another comic book chronicles. Thank each and every one of you guys for coming out, whether you came out uh, after a recording or if you happen to catch us uh, live recording on Thursday evenings at nine thirty ish p.m. Uh, as we do every week, and we will continue to do unless something ends up happening or no, or movie protocol kicks in or movie protocol. Not- I was going to go a different way with engage. that, but yes. Yeah, I was about to say, we did not engage movie protocol for Bad Boys 3. No, we did not. Uh, we were, which is granted, obviously it's not comic book related, although it's Michael Bay, there's a certain cartoonish quality about it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but if we ever do, if we do, well, we'll talk after, we'll talk after, because I was, I was right. just we'll look at, We're going to look at the, the upcoming schedule to see when uh, our next possible uh uh, movie protocol might actually be. I actually well, I want to say it's probably like uh, April or May. One or two. Well, I mean, uh, obviously Black Widow is the next right. 
candidate, but there might be something in the interim. So we will see. Yeah, but we'll let you know on our individual. Well, we'll let you know here and also on our individual uh, uh, social media accounts, which goes yeah. as such. Uh, you can find me, Rodicat, on Twitter at Rodicat. Uh, you can also find me at News News Need. You can also find me at CBCast on Instagram. Hey, to underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, pop culture net on Twitter, popculturenetwork.com, and these umbrella sites therein. Uh, Tim, D O G G 98 on Twitter, CB Caps, excuse me, CB Cron, that is the uh, Combo Chronicles Twitter account. Uh, the Click Nation and theclicknation.com, that's D K L I Q N A T I O N. And also, oh, comic book resources where he's over there writing his face off. You can go check his and give him clicks. Oh, yeah, clicks. Yeah. In fact, um, one of the articles we wrote, uh, we've been kind of hyping up that he wrote. One of the X Men articles that he wrote that was actually pretty mm-hmm. good. And we're not saying that because we know him. Um, he actually does some good work. So. Um, also, you can find us at. Does Coastal the Podcast Network the CSPN.us? Do it today. You can also find us at your podcast perusal place of choice, and that would be either Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. We might be on Tune, either TuneIn or Stitcher 102, but I don't know, and I'm not going to say because I haven't really checked. Mm-hmm. You can check us out at those places because I'm fairly we, we are definitely at those places as mentioned. Um, again, we will be back next week, 9.30 p.m. on the Click Nation's YouTube channel where you can go check us out as we record or you can find the audio the next day or two afterwards on Friday, probably, or Saturday, one of the two, mm-hmm. uh, on the CSPN US page or on Twitter. <laughs> or just check your uh, podcast feeds by subscribing. Yeah, Subscribe to our podcast. Yeah, we gave you the ways to do that, so go do it. And again, like I said, we're out there. We always we talk the show. We right. Uh, it's a nice. Uh, it's a nice little surprise to see our show loading into your podcast feed. So something like that. Make sure you subscribe. Indeed. And with that, folks, uh, this has been the Combo Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. I love it when a plan comes together. Good evening, friend. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman? You are really hired, Mr. Stark. <laughs>